And now a special announcement from our sweet friend and media mogul, Pat Robertson, on the destructive horrors of Buddhism. He compares Buddhism to a disease and warns Christians not to allow themselves to get infected. Okay, Pat, this is Tina, who says, I work in an environment where all of my co-workers are Buddhists. They talk about Buddhism all day long and try to preach to me. It didn't matter much to me before, but since I recommitted myself to Jesus a year ago, it has started to bother me a lot. I remember our pastor telling us to teach others about Jesus so that they too can receive the salvation. However, every time I approach my co-workers, they end up offending me in ways that I feel are criticizing the word of God. But if I argue, I end up offending them. What should I do? Should I continue to insist on helping them or get a different job? Also, is this a sign that this is not what I'm created to do, to minister to others? Look, uh, if you are uh, healthy and there's a mild contagion around you, the chances are you won't get it. But if you put yourself in the middle of a hospital ward where everybody has that disease except you, sooner or later you will be infected by it. Now, there's one thing for you to be ministering to somebody who's of a different persuasion. But if you're in the middle of hundreds and hundreds of people who believe that way, you, you're, you've got an uphill fight. And I, I think your best thing at that point is to withdraw with dignity. Get out of that environment because they're going to get to you before you get to them. All right. Thank you, Pat Robertson, for exposing the evil ways of Buddhists all over the world. I remember one Christmas, my own mother, who was a Buddhist, promised me a Transformers robot. I believe it was even Optimus Prime. But what did I get? A goddamn Gobot. That is some evil right there. Today's guest is Michael Kowalski. This was actually recorded back in December of 2014. Um, this is a good one. This is actually one of my favorite ones. Well, I, I like them all. But this one, um, we get into a whole lot of different things. Uh, <laughs> aside from Mike being a comedian, he's... Uh, you know, very spiritual guy, and um, we just kind of check in with one another, especially toward the end, so you have to stick around for that. Um, it really exemplifies, you know, truthful conversation. Um, I think we had some self-discovery. I, I, I know I did. Admittedly, I probably talk a little bit more than he does, so I, I apologize for that, but, you know, we just kind of, um, you know, we took we took that the idea of just being mindful and, have, and, and truthful, and we just kind of, we just kind of ran with it. Um, some of the highlights of this conversation are uh, talking about the mean streets of Connecticut, uh, talking about ghosts and demons and, and eating pig knuckles in Taiwan. So um, there you go. Without further ado, comedian and my good friend, Michael Kowalski. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm hustling. By nurturing each other in a conscious way, by treating each other with reverence and respect. Mm -hmm. and by worshiping the divinity expressed in the masculine and the feminine energies. Mm -hmm. As men, our relationship to the feminine has often been unconscious. I feel sorrow that women and feminine...
long been subjugated and oppressed. Throughout history, men have raped and abused Jews. <laughs> so, uh, for, for those people not having the visual, there was a lot. When he said, we for, throughout history, men have raped and abused you, and there was a lot of women crying. There's a weird cursive script saying that. That showed up. said abused in cursive. And then they had, like, the... ASPCA music. Like I, I, well, I cut it off before song. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Gonna, come on. Um, but yeah, what's your perception of, of uh, have you, I don't know if this is something you've noticed, but something I've, I've been oh, uh, coming to awareness recently is this, the, the super sensitive man. Yeah. Who's like, who's like for, like the social justice warrior who's like really hardcore into women's rights. Abusing women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's your theory on that? Totally. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't like the overly sensitive. It's weird. It's when you like a lot of those guys had some kind of like skeevy looking vibe to them, which is weird. Yeah, they all look as like... they're saying these like noble things. Something about them is like you're well, doing my... this for to get some. Exactly. Yeah. So my so what I what I shared with Nina is. I think these guys have just tried everything. Yeah, this and they is the just last thought, yeah, it's like, I'm just gonna be like, like, please fuck me. I'm sensitive. I really, I am. I mean, I'm all for um, being in touch with your feminine side. I'm wearing a scarf right now. He is. So yeah. There's that. But, with, uh, with, with puppies, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, puppies playing in a field. It's just very comfortable. But uh, at the same time, I'm all for like masculinity. So I don't know. It's that line, you know. You should uh, you should be a manly man. You should know how to, you know, handle yourself and go out in the world and be all those manly things, a hunter. But uh, you know, I'm not for abusing women. And why not? For that poor one who's crying. <laughs> uh, so it's a noble cause. What? Why were there's German? Su- the whole thing was just sketchy, though. There's German <laughs> subtitles on the video. So I'm not for that video. Well, I actually dropped you in like in like a minute. <laughs> the, the 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 premise was, you know, there it's all it's like a letter. Mm. It's called Dear Woman for for people oh, wanting to yeah, for people who want to find it on YouTube. It, it just type in Dear Woman, and it's pretty much it's like so they're reading a letter. Yeah. And in the beginning, you have like the, the image of the globe kind of spinning, representing the world. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like that. I don't know. Again, um, yeah, there's all these, I guess, um, you know, you'll see internet fights because that's where everything happens on the internet now, right? So that's where things happen. About, like, feminism and, you know, people not wanting to be called a feminist and people wanting to be called a feminist. I don't, like, uh, again, for everything it stands for. Um, but I do go on Jezebel.com. Do you know this website? And yeah. I just get angry for some reason at everything they say. Can you talk about Jezebel for those that aren't familiar with it? Um, it started out, I've been going to that website forever, and it started out, it was kind of like these really rad women who were kind of like, it was like a party, felt like, I don't know, kind of like badass, like just, I used to go there because they had a, a, a little show, this woman, Tracy Egan, I think, did like pot psychology where she and this guy, Rich Juziak, Huh. They would like smoke weed and answer questions. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like really, really back. And then it became kind of like this, you know, like co- freshman college, uh, college freshman, sorry, seeming thing of like all these, you know, just everything is at, at an outrage. And, you know, 
was like, oh, this person said this. Can you believe it? And so what, what, what's their uh, topic du jour now? Um, I feel, I like Argyle? Argyle, yeah. <laughs> uh, puppy scarves. I, I feel like now, uh, maybe it's because of, uh, of technology. People get so enraged mm-hmm. and so, it's so intensely enraged for a short amount of time. And then we kind of move on. Oh yeah, you know, totally. and it's not that big of a deal anymore. Um, like I remember, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, we have the situation here in New York where people are protesting, and mm-hmm. you know, with Eric Gardner, Gardner, and uh, even you know, over over Thanksgiving, you know, that at Ferguson, people are protesting there. Um, obviously, I'm not making light of the situation, but the protests don't seem they seem pretty like controlled. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember when I was, you know, when I was, when we were growing up, you know, you had the, the Rodney King verdict. Yeah. And that was like... That I was, was out there for that. Bananas in, in your diapers. Just yeah, kind of like, exactly. <laughs> that was banana, And I think a lot of it, too, because you didn't have too much to choose from. It was just, you know, we, we just, you just had the three networks. And maybe CNN, yeah, I think CNN was around then. And I, I just felt like that just went on forever. You yeah. Know? And just people, you know... Launching grenades into like people's mouths and just <laughs> shooting on the floor and random places, and um, just it just seems uh, it just seems pretty um, sanitary now. These mm. protests, yeah. And I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, in college, I used to go to like you know anti-war protests and stuff. And I'll be honest, it was partly just, like, something to do for me, probably. <laughs> to, to, it to, was, like, to, cool. to write your own dear woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's kind of the nature, you know, everything's, like, just the infl- constant influx of information. So there's, like, so much to focus on. Like, I was really excited when the Occupy Wall Street stuff was happening. That was when Did I you go down there? To New York. Yeah, and I went down a couple times to the Zuccotti Park. But, and, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. But wasn't did you notice how like if you went down there, there was just it was ridiculous. Yeah, you had people just like there was a Sarah Palin impersonator <laughs> yeah, with a guy somebody, with like a cardboard. There was somebody video like promoting like faux, you know. There was so news. Yeah. There was somebody promoting their eBay shit on a poster. Oh, uh-huh. And I was like, wait a minute, that's great. I didn't see that. I saw like there's of course like you know legalize weed. Yeah. Uh, and it's like yeah, every cause free Mumia. And, um, oh, remember Coney? Coney, yeah. What, yeah. That turned out to be a whole weird thing in itself anyway. Yeah. People got, they were just really good with the viral marketing. Right. But then, yeah, then that guy, like, two days later was the main, not Coney himself. But the guy, the, the guy who the started, guy started it, it, wasn't was, he like a rapist or something? Off right, okay, well. In the street. Maybe that's, I don't know, is that worse? He's just having a fun time. Right, but didn't he, did, having a laugh. was he like drinking vodka and saying like, ah, oh, oh, fuck you, I'm yeah. going to take this. Coney money and <laughs> and continue to jerk off. How weird is that? Two days into it, he was already like lost his mind. Some people have yeah. power; they can't handle it. But yeah, um, just with yeah, people definitely. You know, it's a what do they call it? Like hashtag activist. Oh really? Oh well, yeah, like activist where you just oh like, hashtag. Yeah, you know, because again, that's so easy too. Like you're saying, this protest itself is sanitary. Also, so many people just like you know my whole Facebook. Which I don't. I try not to go on Facebook too much anymore. I don't really. I like Instagram, but Facebook is just—it's a corny layout and it's corny. But people yeah. on that, yeah, we're just like everybody's, you know, 
horrified by the grand jury. And everybody's just, you know, pouring all their thoughts onto Facebook. And it's like, okay, like if you want to put into your, you know, your social diary that everybody reads, <laughs> that's cool. But like, what are you doing? And I'm not doing anything myself, but I'm not like, you know, making a point of, I don't know. Right. And you're not banging the drum. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I feel like that's, I, I see that a lot now where people are just, you know, they're they're so passionate about this thing right now, yeah. and then next week they're gonna be protesting McDonald's or something. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when you talk about, I, I, ironically, when I first came to New York, uh, I went down to um, like the NYU area, and my first, my very first thing that I experienced was they were protesting that McDonald's. Yeah. I have no idea why. Just because it was because it was McDonald's, yeah. I guess, and I just, and that was that was like my first thing <laughs> in New York. I'm like. You know, my good experiences every day. My feelings always change on stuff like that. I was just thinking too. I'm from New Haven, Connecticut, and New Haven actually had one of the longest going Occupy uh, protests, whatever you want to call it, on the New Haven downtown Green area, which is you know like the main kind of area. People were uh, camped out there like all winter. You know, you mean recently? Uh, no, back when it was happening, whenever that was, was that like 2012. You know, it, I remember it happened kind of in the fall, and so that's what they thought it was like. Oh, the winter's gonna come and everybody's gonna leave. And a lot of these places, you know, because it popped up all over the country, a lot of these people did kind of clear out because of the bad weather and stuff. But New Haven, there was like some hardcore people. Wait, I, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. What was the protest about? The Occupy Wall Street stuff. Oh, they just so happened to go there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was happening. Yeah, oh, like, all oh, the country. Oh. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, had their own. Obviously, it wasn't you know New York was like the center or whatever. I always but, get. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, so New Haven, they were there all winter, and then finally, it was like this weird thing where the the New Haven Green is actually. It's not owned by New Haven. It's owned by like, you know, some cabal of Yale, um, old I don't know wizards, a bunch of Yale wizards own it. So they wanted to get the people kicked out. So I got really into it, and I'm like watching. I found all these videos, you know, people had taken of the cops like dismantling, and the cops were, were super nice from what I could tell. Like they were trying to get people like, we, you know, you have to go. You have to go. And they, like, they, and, they, uh, and it's they like, put, what are the protesters really doing at that point besides? Yeah, just sleeping. Sleeping there, yeah. Which again, I don't know. Some of them probably were like homeless people need somewhere to stay, and I feel for them. But basically, all I'm trying to get, I'm getting all like tangential. Uh, so these videos I'm watching are the cops trying to get them to go and stuff like that. And the people are just like, one guy had this is what really sticks out. One guy um, had a donut on a fishing rod, and he's like, oh, and they're just like chanting like "fuck you, pigs, fuck you, pig." And uh, you watch this shit, and you're like totally get on the cops' side. Like, get these motherfuckers yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like kills your cause to be like a dick. Yeah, I, I think yeah, exactly. I think people usually just show up and like <laughs> like I said, sell their eBay shit. Yeah. Um speaking so I've always been confused by this in terms of Fair New Haven? You said yeah. New Haven, right? Mm -hmm. Fair Haven is in New Haven. Yeah. Right? I don't know if Fair Haven's like really um like a what am I trying to say? Like a recognized place or whatever. Is it is it so it's, it's like, like a neighborhood. Is that what's your experience with Fairhaven? Um, is it urban? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a friend of my girlfriend, my first girlfriend lived there. Was she urban? Drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some a friend of mine in school, like uh, so in school in, in college, his parents moved, and I think we took a drive up there. So he wasn't familiar with Fairhaven. Uh, I forget the town he actually lived. He was from. Maybe it was maybe it was Hartford. I can't remember, but anyway. So we took the car out one night, 
and it was pretty late and he didn't know where anything was and then we took a turn and it's dark as shit and then I, he's like so I said put your high beams on because I you know we're, we're obviously going into an alley he turns on the high beams there must have been at least 30 black people just hanging out in total darkness cool. and so with the lights shining on them so they're protecting their face and their eyes and some of them are standing up so my friend, so the engine's running, and my friend's like, and some of them are actually walking toward the car, you know, holding, you know, uh, holding their, you know, uh, trying to shield themselves from the bright light. So my friend says, uh, "What, what should we do?" Uh, well, you kill the lights, and let's put it in reverse. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so he kills the light, and the one guy drops a bottle and starts running toward the car, Whoa. and then so yeah, we reverse it. Wow. But yeah, I get so. I, I keep thinking back, like, wouldn't somebody have a flashlight? Yeah. They're just drinking in the dark. And I remember it's pretty cold, too. I respect that. Oh, that's weird. The cold's weird. Maybe not. I like drinking in the dark. I'm not wrong with that. I guess. I don't know 30 people, though. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Like, I've noticed when I I see young people, they travel deep. Yeah. They, like, kids. I used to have a bike gang of, like, 15 kids. Who you did? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I've never known cool. too many. There's like people. two kids who couldn't ride a bike, so they just run. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to learn how to ride a bike though. Yeah. How, were you uh were you pretty young when you Yeah, I liked it. I think my, my older cousin taught me when I was really young and yeah, seriously like that's what we used to do in I don't know, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. You so it was Around official because you had initiations? <laughs> yeah, you get beat in with a bicycle chain. Could you swim yeah. too? Swim, um, okay, I'm not that good at swimming. I remember... I still can't really, I don't know, I can, like, like, I can swim-ish, but, you know, I get tired out. If I ever had to swim for my life, like, I would just tire myself out, so I just thrash. <laughs> it's not like just, a... You're hoping a that you'll... Stream you're hoping you'll, 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 you'll scare the shark away. <laughs> yeah. I remember we, uh... <coughs> during, um, the, uh, the swim lessons, I was gonna take swim lessons, and I show up, and all the kids already knew how to swim. And so, so I, I don't know. I was pretty embarrassed. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. So you know, you have the, you know what the floaties are? Sure. They're, they're like inflatable things that you put on your I arm, biceps, right? Yeah. I still wear them underneath right. my shirt. But so. I thought, yeah, exactly. So I thought, like, wow, this is the coolest thing. And mine were green. So I'm like, I'm like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> so that's all I did. So I didn't even go in the water. So I, yeah. So I was always apprehensive of the water since then. My little brother had this little suit. It was like an orange. Like onesie with an inner tube connected to it. It just looked so ridiculous, so funny. Like a like a Russian diver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like it looked like a ballerina outfit, but like a big uh, inner tube thing, all one connected thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is um this is your brother that uh that went um that is fluent in in, in Chinese. Yeah, pretty pretty fluent. Are you? No. Now you. I wish I uh, are you, um, I, I think you, you, you've told me before that you've, you've been to, you've been to Ch- Taiwan, right? Taiwan, yeah. It's a couple of years ago now. I went with, um, my family is pretty close with this Chinese slash Taiwanese family that runs a restaurant. Um, and yeah, they're really awesome. It's like these two brothers kind of run it. And so one time it was a couple of years ago, Tommy, He was like, oh, you know, I'm going to Taiwan. I think he was like half joking, like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, we, we, we went along with them. And uh, 
that was my first I've been to like I've been to Quebec Canada before that but that's, that's really close to Taiwan right? yeah <laughs> so that was like my only time out of the country so then I went took like a 20 hour flight um, to Taiwan which was interesting and yeah it was it was super cool there it's like their population is like 98% like Han Chinese and I guess I don't know it seemed like the, the city like Taipei you know my brother and I would get I'm white for people who don't know <laughs> if you can't tell yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just like a bunch of European so like uh, we'd get some looks you know in the city and especially we went down what kind of looks just like people kind of, you know kind of like like a double take like, yeah, yeah. like you were like, like, a, like, like a, a curious like, monkey ooh. yeah yeah a little bit yeah and then we went to the country like down south we went on this little trip you went uh, deep yeah and there people wanted to take pictures with wow. us wow did yeah, you say you were George Clooney that's pretty cool no I, I said I was a uh, Michael Jackson <laughs> <laughs> wow so they, they they'd never met like a I guess not man? really yeah wow. it, it was like I was famous was how like, rural was it uh, relatively yeah we went to like this kind of it was pretty cool so we, we booked a little trip just me and my brother went and it was like a little van and we, we got to pay less because we got we got a driver you could pay more to get a driver who speak, speaks English we're like, ah, I speak Chinese. So we, 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 yeah, we got a little deal. So that our guy can't speak English, so me and him can't talk. But you know, everybody's like that, that, that guy's he's he's doing all the drives because yeah. that other guy's like, <laughs> I know. How nobody, often is that? Yeah, and he just nobody wants to pay the premium. Yeah, and um, but yeah, it was cool. And then so nobody else showed up for the tour. So just my brother, me, and this guy who was he was pretty cool. He was weird. He had like a ponytail, and you know, he would like sneak off sometimes. But, um, the Chinese dude? Yeah, the driver. Yeah, Chinese dude with the ponytails. That's that's already something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He ate this uh, pig knuckle so quick one time. It was crazy. You ever had a pig knuckle? I didn't know they had knuckles. I thought they just had like a hoof. Well, it's kind of, yeah, kind of like that. I think it was... Cool. So he's like, he's sucking but on a hoof? there's some marrow he get out of it. Yeah, right. I didn't touch the thing, but he's like... He just, you know, destroyed it. While he was driving? <laughs> yeah, like Is an it? apple. Can you can you drive a knuckle? No, we stopped at the place and we stopped at some like kind of um, what's the word? Indigenous little place, right? Where I'm trying to think what it remind me of. I don't know. So it's like you stop in and they had they put on a show for you and all these people are dressed in indigenous garb and they look different. They don't look Chinese. They they look almost like Native American and they're, they're playing music that sounded Native American too. You know, a lot of like drum and like whistle type. So it's so the bus is like taking a stop. Yeah, that was one of the stops. Yeah. It, to like fuel up or. No, no, no. We went. That was like part. Or I think my brother even asked if we could go to like. Oh, I see. I see. Place. Yeah. And so we go there. It's pretty cool. And um, so we see the show, and then we, um, it was like all these girls and guys dancing, and then these two people sang. And this one guy, I, I wish by the time I took my phone to record, he he stopped hitting the high note, but this one guy was singing so beautifully. This old. <laughs> old guy and all the old Chinese women and the we had little like bleachers you know watching it it's outside yeah. they're all like fawning over on they're loving it and then um, so then we're kind of hanging around afterwards and we remember to go to the, the gift shop and we started talking to this girl who was pretty cool she was like our age or whatever and then it's so funny I see, I see our driver like he was coming to tell us to drive and he sees us talking to this girl he's like oh, oh. <laughs> he's like yeah I'll, I'll yeah, get, get like, some more knuckle like, up, like, ah, yeah, yeah don't, don't worry about me and um, so we're talking to this girl, and it turns out, yes, yeah, she, you know, it's like, I guess I should have realized, but yeah, nobody lives on this, at this place. They all, like, you know, 
live. It's like, like some state park, right? Yeah, it's, like, just well, it's, like, it's like a Disneyland yeah. thing almost. They go, they put on their fake traditional <laughs> garb and do a show for people. Right. And then yeah, they yeah. go to their real lives. Uh, yeah, so she was just like. So she I could, think she, she, there. I got her email. She could speak English? Oh, okay. Yeah, she was okay. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So when she's com- when she come to America, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, what was the one thing that you took away from that? Like, what? Like, I'm always curious of, you know, the the times that I've traveled, I've always been trying to been kind of cautious to to not polarize certain things based on one incident. You know, if I like, if somebody's rude to me. Like oh well, obviously everybody's here is fucking yeah. they're all fucking assholes. <laughs> so w- was there something that you took away from, um, you know, from your your time in in Taiwan? Yeah, this I thought about this before, and it probably sounds kind of like obvious, but it was one of the last nights we were there. My brother and I went out alone because we had been like asking to like go out to like a bar, like a club or something, you know with Tommy and he's like he's like in his 50s he's older and he always thought that meant like like a rock <laughs> he's like oh okay yeah like how much you want to pay and we're like no just like a place where you just go and like hang. he's like what what are you talking about he didn't understand so we finally just broke out our own and wait but couldn't you reference like a place yeah, in America because he's, he's lived in yeah. New York forever so he just like his brain yeah. just turns <laughs> he just doesn't get that so we struck out on our own, and we found some little small like divey bar called Sam's Club. Of course. Yeah, and it was great. We go in there, and at first, uh, there was a, a fellow white person that we're talking to. He was like kind of an expat who was like a journalist or something. He has a Chinese wife now, and he's living there. He was pretty cool. And um, I remember they just had like so you're getting drinks, and you know how like bars have a little thing of like peanuts or something. Right. They just had a thing full of cigarettes, so you could just like used. No, 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 like fresh cigarettes. Oh. Like, gonna smoke, which I don't usually smoke, but like sometimes, you know, everybody, like if you're yeah. drinking, smoking, so I was Well, so they're like, yeah. like, they're like cocked. Free, just like, complimentary. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I think it was like a, in a nice glass. Just what kind were they? Like a bouquet. Were they like menthols or? Uh, no, no, thankfully. That's just funny too. The cigarette packs there have like uh, pictures. So on one side was a diseased lung. <laughs> and then on the other side was seriously a woman holding a baby and like a cloud of smoke coming towards them. They're like, ah! On the you cigarettes? Know, on the bo- on, like, cigarette packs. Like Marlboro. Like, you know, same brands, but they just, instead of just a verbal warning, they have like oh, pictures um, of like, ah! smoke <laughs> is attacking the baby. If you can't read, you should not, you should still be warned. <laughs> so we're at Sam's Club and then we just wind up meeting this group of kind of like, you know, Taipei townies. It was like guys and girls, all about our age. And again, my my brother speaks Chinese, so he's talking. That's how that. And my brother is like, he's like blonde, you know. So it's like funny to hear him speak Chinese. So everybody's like blown away every time. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so we really hit it off with this group. And um, I remember another. I, I was I was like Facebook friended. I was Facebook friends with this girl for a while, but I think she she deleted me. She was really interesting. It was funny. Candy Lee. Her name was Candy. So. On Facebook, she, she, it would all be in Chinese, but you could hit translate on translate, and it would be like poetry. It would be amazing, whatever. Because she, she was like kind of weird, first of all, and then the translation I think came out clunky. So I was like, I can't remember what it would say. Huh. But anyway, so we're all talking, and the thing I took away, it was like this weird. This is what I mean. It's probably kind of obvious, but it would like really hit me to, to emotionally feel it, to be there. Like, wow, you know, I'm halfway across the world or whatever, like you know, so far away from home, in this you know very different environment, but 
just hanging with these people who are just like me and their whole world is here in Taipei, just like my whole world is back home with my group of friends and right. everything for them is here and they have a whole life here and it's like so far removed but I'm getting a little peek and I'm being a part of it in this moment and then I'll kind of like part ways and I'll be Facebook friends with Candy Lee for a little while. <laughs> with her, with her obscure poetry. Yeah. Did Were they political? Because the, 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 the Taiwanese that I've met in New York, they some of them are, are are very vocal about their views of of mainland China. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that too much. We didn't. I didn't really. They just. That, it's I just, remember we did walk by like some Falun Gong uh-huh. people, and Tommy was like, "Ah, oh, you fucking." <laughs> <laughs> he hated them. <laughs> so, just for my reference, the the guy sucking the pig knuckle also had the ponytail. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm sure it had a vowel yeah. or two. <laughs> it was like a house squiggly line. <laughs> yeah. Upside down question mark. The, uh, the square with the sword in it, <laughs> which means like unity or foundation, I've learned. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, travel is for me is, is always great. Uh, not just internationally, but just, just getting out of your environment. Um, you know, one thing that I, I kind of shared with you is. Other weekends that you know, but you know, we were trying to just kind of get out into mm, the city and just important. kind of, just kind of you know, experience nature, going on like hikes and stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely a pain in the butt if you're working through the week and then getting up on a Saturday. <laughs> but once you get out there, you just it's it's good to just kind of reset. And I think people who um, who never leave um, their environment, it it definitely affects them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the times that I've gone uh, home to Virginia, um, where, where I spent, you know, high school on, uh, I'll run into somebody and, you know, they're like folding socks at TJ Maxx or something. They're like, hey, man, what are you doing here? I, obviously, I'm not, I'm not commenting on what they're doing. It's yeah. just, uh, I just, when they want to take it to the, like, oh, I'm great. How are you? And then they say, like, give me your number. I'm like, uh, well, why? Like, we, we we actually we we have absolutely nothing in common yeah. anymore. I mean it's it's yeah. I mean I'm a, I'm an old grown ass man. <laughs> yeah. you're, like what are we gonna talk about? You know. Yeah. I, just, I, I know that sounds horrible, but I guess what I'm no, trying to say, what I'm trying to say is uh, like you really didn't have a desire to leave, and you were okay with that, and I did. So that's kind of you know that's you know our our worlds went this way. So I don't really yeah. have anything in common. Um, yeah, you know, I think either way is pretty valid. It's like, um, I lived on on my own in New Haven for a while, and I liked that. And I almost felt like, I I, I remember thinking like, oh, it's kind of weird people like flee from where they're from, and you know. So I, I felt that was a little weird almost. But then, um, you know, moving to New York, it's cool. <laughs> um, and I think at least like even if you don't like move from where you were born and raised like yeah just traveling and seeing other places it's very eye-opening it's, it's you yep. can intellectually know things but then when you it's not until you feel them you know because you're immersed in a different experience that it really changes you yeah i mean it definitely gives you an insight and it gives you appreciation of you know just people outside your you know your existence of you know going from work to home yeah. you know, which a lot of us do and I think that's a lot of times we most people who are opinionated are the people that have the least amount of experience with <laughs> things they're opinionated about yeah 
because you haven't had a, so many things to challenge right. your opinions like, and, and you see how varied and how complex everything is most, like for instance like most races aren't really in touch with the people that they're racist toward yeah. which hence that's why they can build up these stereotypes and just turn into hatred is because they're not really around them yeah. you know if you like if you hate black people and gay people and you live in New York you're either gonna kill yourself or that opinion is gonna change right <laughs> yeah or it'll just feed your hate so much that you grow <laughs> strong and powerful and become <laughs> the greatest racist of all time <laughs> so do you ever um I um I had a um uh, I guess on um, on the show uh, a few episodes back, Stephanie, and we we re- she uh, she actually um, relocated back home to to Seattle, and it's something that she struggled with a lot in terms of just being here and just um, just the struggle. And she really contemplated, you know, why am I here? And and in the end, she she felt it was best for her to to, to kind of you know to move. And to, she was debating like, should I stay or should I move somewhere else? And then she ultimately decided to move back home. Um, I'm just curious like is that is that something that you that you think about in terms of like how where, where do you how do you see yourself in terms of where you are in New York right now mm. yeah I don't know it's tough it's, I guess it's, it's not something I think too much about but it does of course happen um, the thinking part th- yeah thinking I try not <laughs> to think so much it is I was uh, well, brief tangent I'll try to said but yeah that is true like people i was talking to somebody about med- meditating and they're like you know how do you stop thinking so i'm like that's kind of easy for me yeah. i can stop thinking like that well some people I, I wish i could think more sometimes well some people don't, don't think and what you're i'm curious to know what your theory is on the people that don't mm-hmm. who can't shut it off why, why do you think that is it's like a feedback loop type thing where they're too well, that sound too hippy dippy or something i think it's like you're you're putting too much into your thoughts and you know a thought is you can think of it (laughs) in so many different ways (laughs) it's like either something that just kind of passes through or uh, you know how tied to your own thoughts you are I guess and um, I think a lot of people walk around with like it's toxic yeah you know it's like they walk around with all these negative thoughts so it's like you said that loop so if you have a negative loop it's just always it's like that that uh, that flotation device that you can't suppress because it'll just go bloop back yeah. up to the surface it's like you know oh do you know do I have enough money does this does she really like me am I fat am I gonna die and they just <laughs> it just keeps coming it keeps you suppress one and the three more negative thoughts come up yeah I don't know just um I think I found I was, that's in the same conversation I was having about like meditation. I'm not like big. I haven't done too much meditation, but I do like it and I try to do it more. And for me, I found it's just like you just set like a little timer for like 15 or 20 minutes, let that go, and then you just you know sit and literally don't do anything. And then yeah, you this is all you know stuff other people have said of you know imagining you're like a mountain and the thoughts are just clap. You just don't hold on to any thoughts. You're gonna think a little bit and you just kind of let it go. And, open your eyes you can do whatever and then when the time is up then you're like okay that was very calming and nice and, um, yeah yeah I mean I I meditate too and everybody has their own way of, of getting into it 
And I think the challenge when, when I, I, I had the same feedback when people say like, oh my God, how can you sit still for 15 minutes or whatever? You know, or don't you want to be compelled to check your email or something? Like, no. I think for me, it's, I, I break it down. Everybody's different and whatever works for everybody, you know, you should find that. But you, you have to, you have to really simplify things. And for me, it's, I just, I concentrate on my, on the breathing yeah. and I just think about the actual breathing. And then that concentrate on my farts or your farts, yeah. and then you just kind of s- let it seep in into your <laughs> in your soul, yeah. and then you ride the fart, <laughs> and then that let that take you somewhere. Like for me, it it could be it could be, yeah, it could be the ocean or uh, it could be darkness. I mean, really, whatever works for you. And I would I would be skeptical if somebody said, "Well, you need to do it this way," mm. because everybody is kind of built differently. Yeah. Um, just like I would be skeptical of people who said, "Oh, well, I can't do it. It's too hard." Mm, like, that's so you're absolutely doing nothing. Yeah, How's that hard? <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest thing. To do. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of New York, it's like, yeah, I guess just I I feel comfortable here right now, and I don't um, get involved. You know, I'm thankfully, you know, I don't work in Midtown or something. I, I don't get involved in that like rat race. Like it, to me, I don't feel too stressed out. It sucks. It can be a little expensive, but you know it's it's New York, right? And so for me, it was like when I when I was gonna leave New Haven, I remember I had like a flash of either like you know New York or Argentina for some reason. I would have been interested in like living in Buenos Aires, but I was like, okay, New York's a little closer. I have friends there, so I did that. And what about so what what about was on the scale with with Argentina? Um, okay. You could go go find the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago, I was at a bar with some friends, and we there was like this um this old German guy. I knew it. There. Yeah, and you know because the Europeans <laughs> they have like so much vacation time, so they get like you know months off. So he was saying how he he's traveled the world and all that, and Buenos Aires was like his number one place. And um, I've always just been interested in South America for some reason. Um, it's really cool culture, and then Buenos Aires particularly is like it's got a European vibe South American vibe it's very like supposed to be bohemian kind of artist yeah yeah it just sounds cool yeah no it's it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great city Um, and they lots of meat meat all the time yeah Yeah. but see that's tough for me to imagine like moving somewhere completely on my own and really like you know uh, not knowing not having any connections and just going solo yeah New York wasn't that hard (laughs) that that, that means like you're, you're like you're I feel like that would be Alaska, right? Yeah. You just want to like reset. Yeah. You did something real heinous. Yeah, yeah. You, you. Don't you always have that in your mind? I'm always like, if I ever start getting depressed about like, you know, what am I doing or something? It's like I can just move somewhere and completely. I'll just be oh yeah, I can vanish. I yeah. Care. Yeah. I think like, you know, how, like when you watch those movies of like, you know, they they have to like elude the mob or the police or whatever, yeah. and they like, oh, you have to get you know, re- make my, my my new ID and like they have to you know, like they relocate to like whatever. Yeah. I could definitely do that. Like that'd be. I mean, it'd be obviously it'd be tough, but like, yeah, I've. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I have a friend that grew up in Alaska, and, and uh, her dad was a like, uh, a professor in Anchorage, and she said it was. It's all ex-cons. Oh yeah. Who want to like restart restart <laughs> yeah, their life? Yeah, to live there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like. So, <laughs> so like she's like fourteen years old, and like guys are like hitting on her. Or drunk, yeah. Like it, according to her, it really is guys who are like they just like throwing up in the street. Because also too, like you yeah, have the kind of cool 
you have the uh, the vernal equinox, so you have the thirty yeah. days. Mm. So it's like you know, two a.m. and it's broad it brought daylight, and people, you know, that that, that really fucks with you. Crazy, yeah. So yeah, so you're just gonna drink more. Insomnia. With Alpha oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would drive me crazy. But I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd love to go to Alaska though. But it seems like such a pain in the ass to get out there. Yeah, on that Taiwan trip, that we had to stop over there, so it's just like the Alaskan airport and looking outside. But I didn't really. Were you greeted by a polar bear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slapped me with a penguin. They're not in Alaska. Um, I have an idea for how you should start the podcast. By the way, um, can I give you a golden a nugget? Okay, yeah, you should go. Hi, this is Vandal Tron's Curious World Podcast, and today I'm curious about Michael Phelps. Oh. And then you have like, <laughs> and then you, yeah, an extra guitar or me doing, yeah, yeah, and then you could like whenever you bring up a topic, you're like, you know what I'm curious about? You just have to keep saying curious. You have to like really. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really. Yeah, it's weird. I don't ever say that. I don't know. It's weird. Today I'm curious. You know, you. I like the word curious, but if I say it enough, it... it, it we could it, say any word. It sounds, it's kind of, it sounds kind of gay. Curious. Well, yeah, exactly. Curious. Bruce Curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, you, know, I, you know, one of the things that I, that I opened the show with is... Uh, you know, I did mention that, that Mike is one of the funniest people that I know. Uh, Mike, um, for listeners of the show or who follow me on Twitter know that I've... Done a few stand-up date, dates in New York. I've done uh, a show in Philadelphia. That's all because of Mike. Mike really, kind of, Mike did. Mike started doing open mics. Mike did open mics, yeah. and that's my comedy name, open mics. <laughs> with the logo, <laughs> like you're bent over. <laughs> and uh, and that really was the the push to kind of you know forge me into that. Uh, so it, I've always so I've had. So never, uh, we've never really had a discussion on it uh, since since I've really yeah. like, dived in. Um, but uh, now that I've you know now that I've done it and I don't do it, I don't do it as uh, on the regular. Like you know, some people are really super aggressive about it, and that's great. Um, I do it because it brings me it brings me joy and it's fun. And the times that I've done it, I think I've been pretty good at it. Uh, I mean, how do you see how do you see comedy for you? Yeah, um, I actually haven't gone up in a while, and I keep you know telling myself I'm going to. I've been writing a lot. Um, I've always loved it. I mean, since I was a kid, you know, I grew up with like Comedy Central in the afternoon. Come home and watch like Kids in the Hall. There'd be two episodes. I love Kids in the Hall, and there'd always be like you know Premium Blend and um, all these stand specials. I was obsessed with like Saturday Night Live. With Farley and Sandler, and um, that was, I guess, how I like made friends. Um, it's funny. I was just thinking uh, the other day, like I miss, you know, you'd be like in sixth grade and we'd be in the cafeteria, and everybody would try to make me laugh because I had like a funny laugh, and uh, especially you know, and I'd, I'd be the kid who would, like spit milk out because if you got me at the right point. So my one friend would always just say like the dumb, like in the, that's the thing. Like I love dumb comedy. You know, if, if it's really dumb, it's like so funny. But do you think it gets to a point where it's dumb and you felt like it's, it's, it's? How do I say this? When when dumb is not it's not funny and it's just dumb. Yeah, I'm sure that could happen. I guess. But the one memory I had was my friend was I took a drink of milk and he just holds up a ketchup packet and he's like, 
ketchup is red, <laughs> and I fucking die. I, like, I don't know why, you know? And it's just like, yeah, so I always loved comedy. And then I've just been obsessed with uh, comedy as an art form. I think it truly, you know, it's great. I, I've had so many uh, kind of changes of mind, cause, you know, like certain, like George Carlin or Bill Hicks, you know, Doug Stanhope. It's still, but um, who else? Just I love that you can like you know get an idea across, and I think it's like a great way to get an idea across to be funny with it, and um, just it brings me joy comedy. And so I just kind of like I ha- I never did it until like a year or two ago, and I kind of fell into it. It was like a friend was um, I I've been mentioning it to my friend, and then so she a friend of hers was running a comedy show. And I guess on Facebook. Hey, I need like comedians for this show. So my friend tagged me in it, and then this girl, Lauren, who was running the show, reached out. She's like, "Hey, I hear you're a comedian. Do you want to do this?" I hear you're a well-established, yeah, seasoned, exactly. veteran comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, definitely." So yeah, I had to do like a ten-minute set, or maybe it was like eight or something. Eight minutes. Yeah. Damn, that's like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I like wrote it out. I was like so nervous, and then. Um, yeah, it was funny. She's like introduced me. She's like this guy. Uh, I just met him, but he's done comedy round and blah blah. You know, she had like no specifics. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so my okay. So now, I, <laughs> so now I get to share some of my experiences which I haven't been able to do. I remember this one guy. Uh, so you know how like the comedian before you will bring you on. So this guy, he's like, yo, I'm okay. So I've done most of my shows have been black shows. Yeah. I've done a few. Not that I've done a lot. I mean, I. I want to preface that I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a comic. You know, I'm just okay for the sake of this this conversation. Most of my shows have been black. So this guy, this guy is like, yo, I'm coming up before you. So you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna throw to you. Like, how how should I introduce you? I'm like, oh well, you know, my name's. You just say, you know, uh, Vandal's coming up to the stage. He was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's a weird name. You could just say Van if you want. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, oh, what, what, what else? You're like, oh well, I, you could tell him that I. Uh, you know, I've been in, you know, I, I, you know, I did a show in Philadelphia. You know, I live in Brooklyn. You know, whatever. I, I don't really care. Just, you know, whatever. So then he gets. So when he's done with this, oh, it's the host. It wasn't the next comedian. So in this case, it was the host. So he yeah. comes up and goes, "Yeah, I give it up for whatever, like smooth tea, whatever." So he goes, "This next comic, you know, you see him on comic, you see him on Comedy View." And I'm, oh I'm like, God. he's like making shit up for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, you he he for Bruce Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. You seen him on uh, K- Kane Peel. You know, he was on. Uh, you know, uh, Caroline's. And I, because I kept thinking like, well, I'm on next, aren't I? But then he goes, and I could tell he's. And then I realized he's stalling because he doesn't remember my name. He's like, and you know, he's been in some good shit. You know who I'm talking about, my man. Vanessa. That him. Yeah. He actually he said him. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I just come off and just say, hey, what's, what's uh, up? <laughs> oh, you got to take that. You got to pump it up after that. Have you ever had this experience where, um, this, this is not necessarily with comedy, but this ha- just happened to me at, at, a, at a club where uh, a guy, well, in my case, it was this black dude who was just, Wants to like hang on you? Have you experienced that? Like, a, like showing camaraderie? Yeah, it's a little too touchy feely. Well, he's like, you know, he'll drape himself on you and just like, 
Okay, so there was this one. There's this like one. He's a cloak. He just, yeah, there's one show where I I just went to go see a show that uh, of a guy I knew, and this guy was just he just started being really friendly with me, and he put his arm over my shoulder, and we were watching. He was like, ah! So at first I was like, okay, I get the gesture. You know, it's it's I get the intent. You know, he yeah. seems like he's a friendly guy. But then like every joke, yeah, he's like much. exploding, and then he's like hitting me in the chest. He's like, ah! Yeah. ah. And then I move. And then he follows me. <laughs> then I asked my friend, like, who, who is this guy? And he goes, I have no idea. So I'm like, I mean, I didn't get a gay vibe, right? Because that's yeah. the initial reaction. I was just like, just weirded me out. I thought maybe like, is this, I don't know, but me, was it, I thought maybe like a black comedy thing. Just like touching people and laughing. <laughs> uh, Anybody, if you want to weigh in, it's you know, do do black people laugh and touch random people? They yeah, don't know. I think they do. What was your experience in terms of the camaraderie? I mean, uh, in terms of like other comedians, did you feel? Did you talk to them at all? Yeah, or? pretty nice, luckily. Um, to me, I made a few friends who I haven't kept in touch with recently, but yeah, it was nice. Uh, that, that that's what was cool. The little the bar I was going to, that where Lauren ran the show, I'd go there like every other week, and so you got to know people. And one guy was like, you know, because I then I mentioned that you know I'm actually new to this, and so a couple of people were uh, really nice, trying to like give me tips and stuff. One guy helped, you know, got me that show at Stand Up New York uh-huh. that you came to, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I, I thought they're all right. I mean, definitely it got annoying sometimes to be hanging around, you know, with people after the show, and it's just like they're still on. So you know, people, yeah, people were talking, just like yeah, that. Who, remember that one guy? That one guy that we didn't know if he had Down syndrome. What? That one guy who was like a like we couldn't tell if he was like a nerd or like a weird. He was definitely a weirdo. I shouldn't even say that. Uh, he was definitely a weirdo. Yeah. But like he, we didn't know if he was retarded. Yeah. You know? What I'm remember? I don't remember. It was, was that, it was that little guy. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, we're like, is he is he retarded? Yeah. If he is, then he he's like talented. Part funny and part, yeah. But he was he was just just really awkward too. Yeah. Yeah. With he was kind of like that. I didn't want to talk to him, but more like there was um, there was that, that girl, kind of nerdy girl. Her, she would, uh, well, that's the thing that I witnessed. She would kind of like take over conversations. Do, uh, some, you mean on stage? No, like off stage. That's what, just some people. I guess you know they're. Well, here's one thing that I noticed. Right, right. Everybody's got like a little. They pigeonhole themselves. See, it's weird. So I because I come from a, a, a perform, an acting performance background. You know, actors always want to, you know puff out their chest and say, oh, I can do so much more than what I'm doing. Mm. And comedians, it seems to me, they want, their, it's the opposite. Like, oh, I'm this specific thing, know me as this. Yeah. You know, I'm the the lazy, fat, white guy who can't get laid. Or <laughs> I'm the horny, slutty girl. Oh, I like to party. Uh. Or I'm the... They should get together. Those yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the nerdy Asian girl who, you know, I have the tiger mom. You know, I just... <laughs> And I just sometimes when I, you know, I, I would I would go to these shows and I just would kind of predict, I pre- kind of predict their jokes before they come out. And of course, yeah. And of course, you know, the, like I remember this one black dude who's just like, you know, I just got out of jail, and I'm just like, let me guess, you ready for just do some fucking? He's <laughs> like, I'm ready to do some fucking. <laughs> like, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. nothing I hate. You know, racist cliche stuff. Yeah, like that. It's always corny. And then, yeah, I hate people going on stage like, yeah, I know, look at, 
my head. I have a weird head. I hate when people are unprepared. Oh, that too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's one thing to, to riff on, on if you want to do crowd work or if you just kind of, if you have a thought and you want to go off on that. Yeah. But if you just want to go up and say, like, I'm wearing pants, I'm black. That sounds like, kind of funny. I might laugh at that. <laughs> Especially if you did it. Just want to say, I'm wearing pants, I'm black. <laughs> it drops the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing black pants. Yeah. Ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup is red. Yeah, that's... Ah, oh, fuck, what did, I, what did I just think? I had a thought there. See, I'm bad at the thinking. Um, <laughs> Mike's actually going. meditating right now. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta save me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just too cool. People go on stage think they're too cool. I'm kind of really annoyed by... Um, I was at a few, like, kind of... Uh, you know, you go to these, like, open mics versus other comics. And oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That's always annoying. But, so, like, yeah, guys who just go on stage with, like, their red solo cup within, like, a beer, you know, or just, <laughs> because like, laid back, like, yeah, just, I don't know, just trying to be too cool. I hate people who try to sound too smart, definitely, say, you know, throw out some, like, thing about, like, environmental policy. Especially if it's just throwaway, if it's part of a joke, it's cool, but, like, I've, I, I don't know how to explain it, but people, like, throw out half-baked things getting to a joke just right, to yeah, sound yeah, kind of yeah. smart, and, um. And then, and then there's that other, you know, on the on, on our level, there's that one where they, it's not really, they just kind of like talk about how like god awful their life is. Yeah, that, that just gets weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a fine line. I can't. I've seen it where it is funny, but then that's also where it's like super awkward. Yeah, yeah. my landlord kicked me out today. Yeah. I mean, really kicked me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no place to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, when it's like your therapy session. Yeah, and, yeah. Which is, I guess you're supposed to laugh at it. <laughs> no, do, do you, uh, no, are you, do you gravitate, when you say you're, uh, in terms of your writing, is it more, is it more stand-up or is it more like sketch? Stand-up, no. Yeah, I used to try to write sketches, but, um, sometimes I think of ideas. I was trying to write sketches, and it just always becomes like, like sexually based humor, I didn't like that. <laughs> well, the problem, the, 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 that's the problem. The challenge with with a lot of sketches, how do you end it, right? Yeah. Like how do you how do you do it with a with a big with a bang? Yeah, because that's important. Without yeah. exactly, because you you, uh, I mean, that's that's everything, right? The premise yeah. and I mean, the premise and the ending. Because um, a lot of times, well, just watch like Saturday Night Live. It's so much so much of that is it goes on like you should have ended this like five yeah. five minutes ago, because they don't and yeah. they just keep letting it going on. And or they just end it. Sometimes they end it too soon. Uh, although they were never guilty of that. Um, but yeah, yeah, ske- sketch is, is tricky. I think you like, ever like the kids in the hall. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say kids in the hall. They they usually get it right. Yeah, and like Mr. Show. Yeah, all that one. Um, ever watch like Ben Stiller's? Yeah. Uh, with, with the Odenkirk was on that show. Yeah, Andy yeah. Dick was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. So those are examples of like really good sketch that I felt like they. They got it right. Usually, less is more. Yeah. I feel like in, in sketch, you know, when it goes on for so long, you just, you know, the whole premise is to be funny, right? I mean, and then you just, and timely too. I mean, some of that, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last forever. Yeah, you know, you that's just, why I like evergreen material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I didn't preface this before, but I do have, uh, I do have a mailbag. 
Cool. So you want to dive in? Yeah. I actually have. How about this? Because I wanted some more tea. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to take a break? Take a break. I'll get some more tea. Listeners, you won't even know a thing. Watch this. back see you didn't even miss us we uh we actually drove to arkansas um as promised uh we have a mailbag and uh well you how curious are you (laughs) (laughs) mike suggested i should incorporate that into uh, everything i say um so we were just actually uh during our little uh road trip to arkansas we were discussing the uh public education system in uh, in New York and apparently I didn't know this but kids in public schools in New York they they get off they're on vacation every every six day, every six weeks they've got winter break they've got uh, Christmas vacation they've got spring break they've got summer vacation they've got Jewish holidays off um, uh, President's Day they get a month off uh, <laughs> Um, Valentine's Day, Boxers Rebellion. So it's uh, maybe it's a good deal to be a kid. Do you guys have standardized tests in Connecticut like they do in, in, in New York? Yeah, uh, like it's like make or break, you have to pass these tests? Um, yeah, I kind of remember. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know yeah, what they're called. I think called. it's much more serious now. Yeah, New it's York's here. definitely crazy. Like kids have to apply to high schools and have to, even like middle schools sometimes, you have to apply, you know, and, right. and like write an essay and stuff. Like, now, stuff are you, uh, now, are you, uh, do you um, you involved or, or familiar? Or do you get in touch with any of the uh, the actual teachers in in uh, in your orbit? Um, not so much. I know some teachers. That must be a hard gig, right? Oh yeah. Because I learned recently yeah. that uh, they can't act like if there's a fight, 
They all they can. Okay, so this is my, uh, a friend of mine told me. He went to uh, somebody who works on the. Yes, what you're hearing in the background is Bob the Supercat is is attacking. Uh, he's going in, in predator mode. Uh, so this person said that they talked to the somebody on the on the on the board, the school board, and said, "Well, what happens if a fight breaks out?" They said, "Well, you have to raise your voice." And what if they keep fighting? Well, just raise it higher. Yeah. What work. if I've raised my voice uh-huh. again and they're still fighting? And the guy the person on the board just shrugged his shoulders, like, "I don't know." Uh, like, I, I, what are you talking about? This never happened. Like, yeah. So he he's already he's like a, I guess a, you call it a. a teacher aide now or mm-hmm. but yeah he's seen some pretty vicious fights because I think they stationed him at Sunset Park mm-hmm. he's a white guy uh, so um, it's rough man being a teacher I feel like you know you're a teacher you're like a parent a security guard but I didn't know you, you couldn't put your ha- I mean I guess I understand that you, you can't put your hands on them because when I was growing up I saw like I seen I, some awesome videos on World Tour Hip Hop yeah. teachers breaking I remember when I, I mean, I saw there was these two black girls were fighting in my high school, and this portly John Candy assistant principal tried to break it up, uh, and then he got kicked in the balls. Uh, so he like uh, fell to his knees, uh, uh, and they still like they fought around him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, he was, and his face got red. He was like, I was gonna throw up. Oh. Um, you ready to do this? Mailbag. Are you you okay? We we need. I wish we had a drop. Can you do a drop? Mailbag. <laughs> okay, this one comes from uh, from Darren. Uh, do you live in? Uh-oh. Do you live in the? Uh, what's two with two R's? Mm-hmm. You ever see Darren spelled a couple different ways? I'm still D. I've seen D E R like I N. Yeah, like. Like Darren, very French. <laughs> Do you live in the area of Brooklyn near the Ebola bowling alley, and why is Ebola no longer newsworthy? Yeah, that's a good. I assume it's. it's I no assume copy. it's not cured. Do we have to wait for another international incident, for a cover up of? Wait, do we have to wait for another international incident, for another cover up, Ebola health scare? Hmm. Uh, I don't understand what that means. Yeah. yeah. It, my my, well, it my listeners are like first. me. We're not yeah. very educated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Darren, to answer your question, I, I do live very close by to that, that bowling alley. Uh, it's actually called Gutter. Um, yeah, I guess it is pretty uh, pretty timely that... You know what? Your assumption is correct. Ebola is cured. Okay, let's go on to the next mm-hmm. one. Um, no, we were, like, you know, that's kind of the point we are talking about, about like causes being flaring up and disappearing very quickly you know these activist causes different but the Ebola thing was like huge and I guess that was more like maybe mainstream media was like flared up there and then just disappeared well I was reading that yeah you mentioned so have you read all the I've read that uh, actually on the Joe Rogan uh, message board they said uh, that the, the whole they're going after Bill Cosby because he was going to expose the Illuminati, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also they also said that. So why would he just expose it now? If that was true, because he's already kind of hot. So now it gets to be like. Uh, I, I guess because they're yeah right. maybe they're closing in on him. Yeah. And then he, uh, what was the other one? Um, uh, if there is an Illuminati, like he would be all about it. 
He's so he has so much money. Yeah. Like he, like oh, another one was that what, like NBC, NB, like so he was actually gonna buy NBC. That's how much money he has. He's yeah. gonna buy a whole fucking network. And so the the theory is that NBC told you know the 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 powers that the the equivalent to Illuminati and because and they got fearful that Bill Cosby would make NBC black, and so they <laughs> they they fabricated these rape stories to to. To besmirch his good name. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah? Yeah. That, yeah. that sounds good to me. Yeah. And I think they created the Ebola just to distract <laughs> us, you know, to because Bill Cosby was going to make NBC black. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. No, I love, um, you know, any... And just, uh, it's a shame that conspiracy theory, you know, is kind of like, when you say that, people immediately associated as like kooky or something yeah you but think you think you think of the guy living in the garage with like you know coke bottle glasses yeah. and tinfoil on his head yeah but so i'm open to anything but that one seems a little tenuous i will say that um you know in terms of uh the whole get, getting back to ebola and stepping away from bill cosby for a second that the tim if i'm saying this right Tecmira pharmacy pharmaceuticals their stock went up fifteen percent after you know the whole Ebola. Um, oh, they're 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 working on an Ebola that vaccine or, or something. Their stock went up fifteen percent after that whole you know Dr. Ebola guy in Brooklyn. Hmm. What what are your theories on that? Um. I feel too out of the game on conspiracy things. Huh? I feel too out of the game on conspiracy things. I used to be kind of into that stuff. You think it's just coincidence? Possible, or? and it also could be coincidence. I don't know enough. Yeah. But what? Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, so Darren, I, I, I think you, if you're listening, you know by now that you know, no, nobody's really qualified to answer this in terms of Ebola. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, you, you rolled the dice. So, like you uh, mentioned, Ebola's kind of done now. I don't think about it rolling. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think when they do that scrolling of like what happened in 2014, and they'll show like. Miley Cyrus and they'll have that <laughs> Ebola strand you know that little ribbon that they always show yeah. like what the fuck is that yeah it's so gross looking it's gross and it's yeah. not even clear what that is like can't they have shouldn't they have like an Ebola cartoon like some sort of like brown hulk like that would be like okay I don't want that that Ebola strand that little yeah. like like, that's like not scary. fecal ribbon I'm like yeah. oh, that's whatever that's so funny you think of the mishmash of <laughs> um, but yeah, Darren, uh, interesting point. I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll come if it comes back. I'm sure it'll come back uh, conveniently at a time uh, when there's an inter- international incident. Uh, according to your theory, which you you're, you you could probably be right. I, I, I wouldn't discount that. I, I was know. reading a little bit of this weird conspiracy thing, and again, I don't know enough to really talk too much about it. But I was. Uh, it happened because I, I was thinking about the band Tool for some reason, which I'm not like huge into, but they're cool. You know, they're all right. And so I like this. I really love this, these couple of songs on like the I think the Lateralis album it's called. And so I looked it up. Song's called Disposition. It's great. And the YouTube clip I found said it was in 400, 432 hertz. I think. I was like, what? I think that's. And I was reading this whole thing about like music nowadays is all tuned to 440 hertz. But there's like this, you know, theory that 432 hertz is much more natural sounding to us, and those, like, that's a more calming effect. Having it tuned to that, it should sound more like 
it's inside your head, whereas 440 hertz sounds like it's you know bombarding you. And so there's a conspiracy theory that's on purpose to make you know you more paranoid and <laughs> kind of scared because of the, even the, just the sounds, the music that you're taking in is like tuned to what about not a, tuned to the body. What what's beats appropriate? Beats that's probably like for 500. Yeah, they probably really do it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you know somebody sure. besides me wasn't in that 432. You know, Dre's a billionaire because yeah. of that. Jeez. I heard beats aren't even that good. No, I heard they right? suck. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah just... They're just headphones. That's. I mean, they're not gonna suck your dick. <laughs> um, all right, Darren. I, I hope we answered your. Uh, I don't know. Yes. For your first question, you I live. I live. Yes. I live very close to the uh, the Ebola bowling alley. Um, were you ever scared? I wasn't. About getting? No, I, I actually don't know. Somebody told me you can get it if somebody sweats on you. Did you hear that? Yeah, I think you have to like. I heard you have to really be like handling feces, <laughs> which is a problem for me. So if I if I avoid handling human feces or having somebody else sweat on me, then I should You're be good. okay. Yeah. All right, then I'm getting Ebola. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> what are you doing there, squish squish? <laughs> um, all right. So uh, this next one comes from uh, Elizabeth. Uh, I enjoy your show, and you always, you always talk about movies and your annoyance with audiences in theaters. Do you see movies in the theater? After many recent years of putting up with people chattering and cell phones, I have invested in a home entertainment system and have retired from going to the theater to see movies. Right. I will never see movies again in the theater. Uh, do you, you know, so then she goes on to repeat herself. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I find, yeah, it's pretty fucking annoying to me too. Um, I think, uh, as I've, I've gone to the movies less and less as, as years ago have come on, but I think it's a combination of a couple things. Um, the price of movies in Manhattan are, I think it's like $50 now. Um, and when you're, so when you're doing something during the day, day or you know if you're gonna see a movie at night it just kind of warps out your whole schedule and they they uh they tend to make movies now a lot longer so uh you know a director like christopher nolan or uh peter jackson i think bare minimum will make a movie four hours so you're coming home at midnight um but yeah i think the bottom for me it's also to the uh the annoyance of other people you know, I think, uh, you know, in the early, in the late 90s or early 2000s, there was people talking on their phones. They were getting calls. And now I've noticed the last movie I saw, people are, they're, they're on their cell phone. You know, they're texting or they're checking their Facebook or whatever. And they, like, it's... But it's a fucking flashlight in the theater, so every you're, no matter where you are, everybody's eyes gonna go to that, and that's just that's probably equally annoying because it affects me even though you may not be near me. So all that shit is just really, I mean, it's really uh, definitely weighing on me, and I definitely hear you in terms of your growing annoyance. And if you can afford a home entertainment system, yeah, then then by all means, do it. You go to the movies still a lot? Um, I haven't in a while. Not for any particular reason. Just 
I mean, there hasn't really been stuff I want to see. I don't, yeah, I would be more annoyed probably by, like, the glowing screens than, I mean, if you're talking on your phone, that would be annoying, but I don't mind, like, people commenting on the movie, that's always kind of fun. I, dep- I think it depends on what they t- talk about, like, I hate the narrator, you know, if the guy is narrating to his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, well, it's gotta be funny. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I if it's, like, really one of the funnest movie experiences when I saw uh, Alien vs. Predator in Times Square. Yeah. Yeah, I got what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last movie I saw in the theater, I saw a couple kind of like near the end of summer. Um, this director, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Do you know him? Uh, what did he do? He's really great. He, he made some like cult hits in the 70s. He's a very strange guy. He's like a Russian or Polish, but he's born in like South America, I think Mexico. Oh, I know exactly who you're Holy, talking about. The Holy Mountain. Yeah, yeah, Topo. yeah. Yeah, so he made these great films. Um, El Topo, I think, yeah, see, I'm gonna be, I'm always bad with specifics. I think El Topo was, like, kind of the first midnight movie, you know, right. where, like, Art House Cinema started playing it, and then it got, it was so popular that John Lennon and Yoko Ono loved it, and they funded his kind of masterpiece, The Holy Mountain, which is an amazing film, and after that one, he kind of didn't make movies for a while, he made, like, one kind of horror movie called Santa Sangre in the 80s, which is pretty cool, but he hasn't really done too much since, he, he went out to, like, do comic books, and he did, like, tarot cards. So he's awesome, and so he finally, and he was originally he was supposed to be the guy to make Dune, the movie, you know, Dune right, was a right. huge book. Yes, yeah, so they got Yorowski for the whole amount, so crazy. So he comes along and um, writes like you know a thousand page script. He has like he got like H.R. Geiger, the guy who the mm-hmm. artist who went on to create the alien creature, and Moebi, Mobius, however you pronounce it, this um, comic book artist, French guy. So he's got a whole, a whole amazing art team. He's going to have Salvador Dali be an actor in the movie. I think Mick Jagger was going to be involved. Just so many. He got, like, this amazing team, right? And it's just the craziest thing. And then it, it, they kind of, like, freaked out and messed it up. So they, they made a documentary about this whole thing called Yodorowsky's Dune, which came out over the summer. I saw that. That was great. Oh, wow. And through that, Yodorowsky reconnected. Through doing that documentary, Yodorowsky reconnected with uh, the producer he used to work with. And they decided to make a new movie. So over the summer, it was so cool. Like the, the documentary Yoda Rossi's Dune came out, which is very interesting. And then his new movie that he made came out, which is called uh, The Dance of Reality. Oh, wow. Which is kind of semi-autobiographical about his life. It's very strange again. Mike did a little dance when he said dance. <laughs> <laughs> so those were cool to see in the theater because it's like, you know, small little oh, yeah, yeah, places yeah. and just like a couple other random weird guys there <laughs> yeah I love I love seeing movies during the day yeah where uh, um, yeah it's just you and like some homeless dude yeah <laughs> he's passed out <laughs> I remember seeing uh, do you remember any of like some of your morbid or strange like movie theater experiences during the day like I remember I remember one time I went to go and this guy was just I heard a bag like rustling. He was rustling with a bag. I went, oh no! Yeah. And he like broke out like like Chinese food, and he <laughs> ate like he must have ate for like a whole hour. Oh, yeah, and I was just, his like, meal. like why do I have I don't, why do I have to move my seat? And, like he's, oh. and I have been I have been to the theater with like a like a definite dying decaying homeless yeah. man. A mummy. <laughs> I haven't had too many weird uh, What would you uh, what would you say if you if you, you could build a home entertainment system go for it? 
Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I would still probably go to the theater sometimes, too, but yeah, that's, that's that'd be sweet to have it on as well as that. It's kind of sad, though, everybody just, you know, going off in their own individual worlds. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing, I, I, it definitely affects how people behave, you know, uh, in, in the theater because they're so used to watching movies at home and oh, they yeah. just, they just really don't know how to act in, uh, in the theater, whether it's talking to each other or, or being on their phone or, I don't know, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's just always weird to me. I mean, I sound like holier than thou or something, but just like, yeah, not, like I love getting involved in a movie and watching it the whole way through. Like, people have got to check their phone and shit. Like, cut that off. You know, you got yourself... Uh, I love how... Um, I don't know, like, in Virginia, I don't know how it is in Connecticut, but, like, as soon as the movie's done, it's like, as soon as the... I don't know, it could be anything. Like, the 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 villain is vanquished. Boom! The lights come on. And it's like, you... Like, for me, like I, I, I want to watch just the credits. Just, yeah. And you can't, because the light... Like, it's full house lights... And the guy who's like mopping the <laughs> he's floor, right he's like mopping the floor with fresh butter for the next crowd. He's like looking at you. Like, what the fuck are you still doing here? Uh, yeah. How annoying are like the art house cinemas where you ever go to a movie where people like clap when it's done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I used to work at uh, I used to work at the Brattle Theater in Cambridge, and uh, you know it would be pretty calm. Uh, we'd you know we'd have like these. Uh, like a F, like a, like a Murnau film festival or whatever, and there'd be like maybe two or three people, the occasional weirdo. But then we'd have like, like Shaolin night. Oh, cool! And it was it was bananas, and it was just like we'd need security almost. <laughs> yeah, it would like guys from like Dorchester would come, <laughs> and uh, this guy was like, well, "You guys sell whoppers?" <laughs> no. Like, you need to sell Whoppers. Wow. Like, not just burger. Yeah. I'm like, all right, one movie theater. I mean, we'll, um, okay, well, thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, okay, the next one is just, you'll appreciate this. It's from E118. I don't know if that's a human or an android. Uh, what is your obsession with prison? You make mention to it almost every podcast. Your cu- my cousin went to jail and he said male rape is definitely avoidable that people have sex because they want to mm. nice show keep up the good work <laughs> um, well I only see one question in here which is what is my obsession with prison it's true I <clears throat> I think about prison almost every day and I'm terrified of it um, yeah I, I, if I did something heinous and went to prison, I, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just kill myself. Really? No. I'm not surviving in prison. You don't think <coughs> No, wait. Like, you you could get a Nazi neck tattoo and yeah. you could survive. I'm fucked. What am I, I can't join. What are we going to join? The Tongs? Like, me and, like, two other Chinese dudes? I'll be, like, Muslim ass bait while I'm there. I'll get tossed you just, every like, day. Put on a front, like act like some weird, you know, solitary martial arts figure. Just fool everybody. <laughs> think you're like you're kung fu. Uh, what's that fucking show? Whatever. Oh, with David Carradine. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't go to prison. <laughs> yeah, but if he did, he would have ran it. Wait. Okay. So, you have you ever have you seriously contemplated the idea of you going to prison? No, not seriously. But I mean, I've watched Oz. I've, I've, I've loved that show. 
I used to work um, at a theater, and I worked like the backstage door as like security. <laughs> like a movie theater, or no, no, like a plays, like, uh, yeah, shows, yeah. Like they did like Rent and Annie and all that shit, and it's pretty cool. I got to meet some. I met like Lou Diamond Phillips because he was playing like King Lear or something. Wow. Yes. Yeah, Is I, this like, here? People, no, in, in New Haven. Wow. So like people, but it would be like a lot of times like Friday, Saturday nights. So it's just this little. It was like you know the outside, and this was a door into this little room where I was to make you know they would get by me and then go backstage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had a little TV out there, and so it'd be like yeah, like Friday, Saturday nights. You know, like MSNBC, I think it is. They just play locked up marathons yeah, on yeah. Saturday nights. So I would just like watch hours of uh, locked up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so enthralling. But yeah, so it was definitely scary. Did you ever so you see the the, the the like the the top security episodes oh, sure. where like. Guys can't even, you know, they're they have the prison cell to themselves, yeah. and they have like this, like, like, like a twelve inch plate glass, and they're like, they just enrage monsters and like, oh, you let me out of here, I'm killing everybody. So ah. Yeah, their eyes are eyeballs are tattooed. Fuck, you ever see a, a scared straight? Oh yeah. When they take those the, the, those the, those shithead kids yeah. and they're like, I'm a badass, I'm fourteen, I don't mm-hmm. care. And they throw them in like 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 real prison, yeah. and they you know, hence scared straight. And like, I will make you call my pubic hair. <laughs> like, what's your name, Demetrius? Your name, Becky. Yeah. Hold my pocket, Becky. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, man, I just, I'd, I'd be so scared, man. I'd be scared. Oh yeah, that would suck. I mean, especially if it was like you know, like an accident. Or, you know, I never drink and drive, but, like, some shit like that. If you're, like, Beecher from Oz, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, like, like at least if you, like, did break the law or something, you're, like, okay, I had this coming to me. But I feel like if this is some crazy, that would be the scariest shit. Yeah, like, or, why? Uh, or, yeah, or, like, yeah. you get, you, you try cocaine for the first time, yeah, and it gets busted, and you get busted. And, like, the girl you're dating has, like, a like a brick, and you, yeah. you go down with her. <laughs> or... Yeah. Oh yeah, like manslaughter, like yeah, or like uh, yeah, like you're driving and you accidentally hit a kid. Just you're not even drunk. Well, I guess maybe that's worse if you are drunk. Or I guess yeah, I don't know how I would survive in prison. You always think you just yeah, like fucking stay to yourself, read books, work out. <laughs> probably doesn't inspire that either. Well, other than other than like the the other guys. It, it, it actually be Something pretty... seems kind of alright. Yeah, like Johnny Cash like rehabilitated his life from there. Like yeah. Malcolm X became Malcolm X in prison. Yeah. It's like a little vacation. It's a break from having to worry about, you know... Well, the thing that I've like, never understood, it's like, you know... It's like, well, you're never... You don't, you're not around women, so you gotta, you gotta do some fucking... What's it called? Gay for the state. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I'm okay with... I, I barely got any I barely got any pussy in college right. I didn't, I didn't like gay. flip out and become yeah. gay <laughs> uh, yeah that doesn't make sense to me I don't just jerk off yeah and like, nothing wrong with it if that's if you want to go gay at this day but it's like don't try to be like a right. bad you man yeah, I'm not gay options. yeah I just had yeah. some nuts in my face yeah. but I'm not gay fuck that <laughs> yeah I wouldn't want to be somebody's bitch either God. well who does but geez. yeah like yeah Take yeah. a bold statement. Stance there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I, honestly, I, I think about that like regularly. I, mean, I guess I'm prime for that, so it would suck to be me. Why? Slight. Oh, but you could be a Nazi. Yeah. Right. You you get a you become a Nazi to sac- to save your yeah 
culo, right? Yeah. <laughs> Beat up some Mexicans to show your worth. <laughs> Shank some. I know some that, dudes. you know, there's like, some, there's all like code for, I forget what it is, there's like number code for like Nazi shit. So I don't know, like Heil Hitler, like H is like whatever number of the alphabet that is. Is that it? No, that's seems wrong. Eight, eight. I don't know, but there's like number codes, so you can like say Heil Hitler online with like three numbers. What? For some reason, I know that. So yeah, so all that knowledge would pay off, and I would just immediately know. Did you hear about uh? You ever play you you ever play video games? Not not too much anymore. I used to. Do you play like the online games? Um, you know how like you can. Well, um, well, Eric used to say that he stopped playing like the Halo type games because everybody was like calling him the N word. Oh my god. But I never really understood how that worked until recently, where apparently you you're basically skyping uh, with like other people, and like I guess Eric was like he had his teammates, like his his brother, his banner brothers, and they yeah. were all like <laughs> like fuck you, nigger, <laughs> like, Holy shit. and they, they would turn around and like shoot him. <laughs> oh my God, man. Wait, his teammates? The people were supposed to be? Yeah, like his fellow soldiers. <laughs> that's what I got. And he was like, come on, man, we're playing a game. He's like, fuck you, nigger. And like, just shoot him. <laughs> so weird. Dude. I mean, these kids are like from Germany or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're probably 10. Why is Eric playing with them anyway? Well, that's the thing I didn't understand. And because I don't play, it's like, can't you, can't you elect not to play with them? Yeah. Or is it just like... Or is it just like a, like a bullpen where you just you log on, you want to play the game, and whoever's playing, you just you get thrown in there with all these other people. Yeah. Yeah, just elect. I don't want to play with the the race, like the non races. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what this question was. Uh, oh yeah, prison. Um, yeah, I think about prison all the time. I'm really scared of it. And uh, now, in terms of your. Um, in terms of your cousin saying that it's uh, it's avoidable, I've actually heard that too. I've heard other people saying, but they were in, in not maximum prison, not yeah, sure maximum security. Yeah. I guess it really depends on what what prison that you're in. Uh, the Miami, uh, the Dade County one, that is that is hardcore. Everybody's everybody's raping or doing rape. That is. Um, you you've seen Louis Theroux's documentaries? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anybody listening who's curious about prison rape, yeah. check out that one. Check out the Miami Dade prison one, and it's it's all about male rape. Or maybe if you just want to watch it, to watch male rape. Um, okay, we got one more. Uh, yeah, we got one more. Okay, this one's from uh, uh, Josie. Uh, during during the Carlos episode, you discuss extraterrestrial life Carlos said he was big he was a big believer in alien life UFOs and ghosts but you seem very skeptical and negative what is your actual view do you think aliens and ghosts exist on earth uh yeah for um yeah so Car- uh Carlos was on a few episodes ago and he he you know he came out and said that not only does he believe that aliens and ghosts exist, he said he saw a UFO. Um, but Carlos also said, admitted on the same show that he smokes a ton of weed on a regular basis, um, which is probably coincidental with that statement. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess my thing with aliens and and ghosts are... I feel like I could argue both points. So I, I guess my official statement is I don't know. And... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know. It, 
maybe they exist and maybe they don't. I could actually argue that they don't, and I could also argue that they could. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. There's no, I, you know, I've never had like firsthand experience with it, so I can't say I've seen anything. But I'm open to anything. The universe, the multiverse, is a strange enough place that you know it wouldn't be surprising if there was other life out there, maybe imperceptible to human um, senses. Uh, you say imperceptible. Imperceptible. What does that mean? Like not able to be perceived. <laughs> yeah, so like we, we just can't, uh, yeah. you know, we only exist in a very limited um, kind of reality. Well, if you're religious, you would say that, right? If you're hardcore, like a lot of, if you're deeply religious, there is no life form other than human beings, right? Uh, I guess they probably believe that. I mean, creationists believe yeah. that. Like, I don't think creationists probably. believe in well, dinosaurs. You know, it's, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think creationists believe that like the Earth is like four hundred years old. Yeah, and so in that case, yeah, God, we're like God's special children. So I guess the right. idea of like other creatures somewhere else like makes us less special. But um, <coughs> yeah, I do. I do like the uh, the theory of well, if aliens exist, how come they we haven't found them? That's pretty fucking arrogant. Right? Yeah, no, completely. First of all, like how you know vast uh, space is, and then again, like. I love, uh, there was a Terrence McKenna quote. Terrence McKenna is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. And he was saying how, you know, we're searching for uh, extraterrestrial life, like radio signals and stuff like this. And that maybe that's such a provincial kind of technology that, like, we've, you know, because of the way that Earth is set up and the way we've evolved and developed, like, this is something we've discovered, like radio wave. But who's to say that's, like, you know, a universal thing, and so searching for alien life with um, something again so provincial like radio waves is like searching for the best Italian restaurant in the universe. Come to Papacito. Yeah, it's like why would that also evolve somewhere else? And, uh, what do you think will happen when uh, when uh, when we set foot on Mars? Mm, nothing. I feel like there'll be a sign that says. It took you dipshit so yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm all about, like, possibly, you know, there's some theories that, right, there was life on Mars, and then that kind of dried up, so it was emigrated to Earth. I'm sure that's completely, like, unscientific. I've <laughs> read that somewhere. And, um, well, I, I default to the, the pyramids. I mean, that's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. I think Graham Hancock talks a lot about that in, like, his, in his work. Um, like the, like some of the stones that they use have watermarks, mm -hmm. which is kind of inconceivable considering the location of the pyramids, and certain stones. Sphinx, specifically. Right. Sorry. Yeah, it has the the waterfall, uh, the water damage, which would be like, would, uh, geologists who was a Robert Shock, um, you know, analyzed it and basically like the water, the type of water damage that's on the Sphinx would have to have occurred from thousands of years of rainfall. Right, which yeah. hasn't occurred in that area for like over ten thousand years, so that would date the Sphinx back to like at least ten thousand years ago, but probably more because it's thousands of years of that rain. So then, yeah. Whereas you know, traditional Egyptology says it's what like five thousand, four or five thousand years old, and so they try to 
say it's like wind damage, but no, I mean geologists say no, that is. So yeah, it's like this weird thing where people can't. Did you hear that they're? Uh, I don't know if it's a sphinx or it's, uh, or maybe it's one of the 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 pyramids. They're they're actually doing like cosmetic surgery to it. They're putting like, they're, they're like, they're like they're fixing it just like they fix the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, they, they do that with a few things. I think, um, you know, even outside of Egypt, like they're discovering all these, you know, go black. Go back, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that shit. Yeah, all this Graham Hancock shit we're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It would seem so ridiculous, right? Like, you're, you're not, like, making it nice by changing thousands of years old structures. Like, I could see trying to preserve as it is, but why are you going to, like, add to it? And yeah. And you, gonna give them a new nose? Or yeah, yeah. Put some sunglasses on? <laughs> but yeah, all that, um, it's been a little while since I really looked at that stuff, but that's... Uh, what they knew you know you could say what they're trying to uh, again this is going to be all half-baked ideas coming out of me but look into Graham Hancock and uh, who's that other guy John um, you know what I'm talking about uh, whatever his name is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah just the idea that like you know the earth or human civilization even goes back way further than we you know kind of think of it and that the only thing that would stick around are these huge stone structures. And so that's why they would have did that as almost like this will stick around. But who knows what other technology they had because, you know, traditional Egyptologists still can't explain. You know, they try to explain how these things were made. But it's, of course, so amazing to us still that these, you know, millions of stones perfectly placed where you can't even get like a sheet of paper through. Yeah, technology, our technology now can't really even, yeah. even duplicate that. And people kind of look over it, but it's What's the thing, strange. like... <laughs> and this is something you can't know, right? How are we gonna... I mean, I guess they uncover more and more stuff to give that more validity. Like, again, that Gobekli, I can't say, Tepe, which, you know, they're able to pinpoint, is this much older um, because of soil or however they do it. But, so that adds validity to the fact that maybe they go back thousands of years more than we thought, but still it's like, it's just so sad that it's so lost, you know? That we don't, that we're, we don't really know that culture. And well, at least then there was, they, they documented things to some point, right? They wrote, you know, hieroglyphics mm -hmm. where they have some things on the wall. Yeah. Um, you know, 2,000 years from now, how are they going to look mm. back at our society? I mean, everything's on the cloud. Yeah. So if they can't access that, then, then what? Completely gone. So then the only thing that'll still be around are the pyramids. And they'll <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... I, it's weird. You know, when we were growing up, the concept of the future was just, you know shows you know when you think of science fiction from the 70s or 80s like everything was just you know big in mm -hmm. terms of like you know giants you know we'd all have flying cars or whatever but it actually went in a different direction like things became smaller you know look at that you know look at for instance like cell phones and drones so i wonder where you know if we leapfrog into the future where things will go after this you know in terms of virtual reality in terms of medicine in terms of um terms of weaponry mm. you know they have i've been reading that they have like these like these drone dogs 
there's like remote control attack dogs that are weaponized. There's like it's like that 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 um, there's a transformer that could go from a cassette tape to a dog and like it would just unleash hell. I get it's like that, yeah. it, but like this, so this dog has like missiles and like it could like yeah and and but it obviously has it's fully weaponized and can like just take out like a city. Yeah, and just that one dog. Yeah, and they are going to have, like, probably multiple dogs and probably other... They probably have drone apes. Yeah. Things are, I mean, but, you know, people have always had doomsday premonitions. So there's a possibility of that all going horribly wrong. It's also of just that being the natural way things happen. And hopefully just human morality and ethics catches up to our technology. I think that's part of it. We just like develop all this shit, but you know, we're still like basically just domesticated primates trying to <laughs> deal with like having such crazy access to information and to you know. It's always so scary too, like, yeah, so all that stuff exists and then if everything broke down though, like what happens? Like it's all electronic and it's all Oh yeah. I remember when uh there's you know Hurricane Sandy, how just little things like that, and like there was like the gas, the gas pump. Yeah. So people were waiting out. They were sleeping. My, I had a friend that slept in his car, just so when the the gas pumps were on the wow, next morning, he could get gas. And like, of course, people were losing their mind. Yeah. People were like getting in each other's face. Yeah. And that's just one storm. <laughs> so just imagine if something like super, really. some super thing like a power grid happened, or Ebola was something that like was taking out like massive numbers of people. How long do you think it would take? Like, so imagine right now today, complete blackout, all the powers done, and maybe we'll even just keep it just to Brooklyn. Just right here, our compound. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like full anarchy. Yeah. How long before it just breaks down? I'd say about maybe two weeks. Yeah. I probably agree. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, even less, depending on like. Depending on the time of year. Time, yeah. Time of year. What's known about why it happened? Like, if it was just like completely unknown. Would like, what would you know, actually? You know, there, there, there's, <laughs> there's, some, no <laughs> there's some parts of... Well, obviously, I wouldn't want that inconvenience because I like taking warm showers. Yeah. But there is another... I like browsing I, Instagram when I'm on like, <laughs> <laughs> There is that comfort that I have. Like, you know what? Maybe we do need to wipe off some of these dipshits and just kind of reset, you know? Yeah. And just like... And, That's what the Illuminati wants to do, man. Bring see, us down to about, what, maybe... Well, hopefully Bill, Bill Cosby will have the courage to, to go expose all this shit. Yeah. yeah, our hero, Bill Cosby. <laughs> why does he? Why does he always wear that hoodie now? You ever see those photos? He's got like the, like the dead man beard and the hoodie. <laughs> it's like he's going to the gym or something. Of rape. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a millionaire. I think he did. By the way, I just, I think you think he did? At first, I didn't believe it. It was just seemed a little weird or something. But this many women like speaking out and having. Okay, but then okay. Here's my thing. Okay, so I, I actually knew people that worked. He had a remember the Cosby Mysteries. Vaguely, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that, like that a real like, show or the cartoon. I don't think he had a cartoon, okay. but like he. So he had a couple shows. You know, he had after the big mega hit, the Cosby Show. So then he went away, and then he had the Cosby Mysteries, and then he had. <laughs> and then he had. I think he had a show just called Cosby. Yeah. And then he had. You Bet Your Life, which is like a game show, and he had like a puppet. 
this that's pretty that's like in my orb of like my brain so I do remember that anyway I had a friend that worked on one of those shows I couldn't remember out in LA and she so she's a black girl she's pretty attractive and she said that that Bill would like say some like he his humor is raunchy like basically like like R. Kelly, like R. Kelly lyrics. Wow, so like, that's already a little suspect. Like, that, but that's I don't care that's, if somebody's raunchy, but for him to be all high and mighty and then actually being that, then you can see that going okay. So maybe a further sure. Like, yeah, I guess for me, it's it's kind of it's just suspect the timing, like it, whether he did it or not. Okay, that's a different subject. Like yeah. this, the this the timing. It's all twenty years ago. Yeah. Like, so now, well, from what I have read, quite a few of them have spoken out in the past, and it's just gone. Kind of they've just been silenced by the power of NBC yeah, and Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So now what? What are we gonna do now? We're just gonna like beat the shit out of him. He's seventy-seven years old. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, he shouldn't do anything else because who's gonna do that? But I, I do think it's a little weird. I heard like you know, TV Land pulled all Cosby reruns. Like that's not true. Little, okay. I, I yeah, I thought so it's too. A weird, like to just. Okay, so he's a shitty person if he's done this like that, and that's an understatement. It's horrible what he's done. But like, it's weird to try to just like erase someone from history. I know, but we always do that, right? Yeah. Society, we always do that. Yeah. Okay, maybe what maybe TV Land did it, but I also I think it's uh, are you familiar with TV One? TV One is basically like BET. That's like another yeah, it's a, yeah. So I they'll think have, like, it was Martin a, marathons. Yeah, they'll do Martin and yeah. like Good Times and stuff. Yeah. So I think they I think they just said fuck it, wow. and we can't change our programming because I I still. I saw the Cosby show the other night. Okay. And They're it's, like, we don't got much else. <laughs> yeah, like, it's only so many episodes well, Yeah, it's either this or Benson. Yeah. So they still show it. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those weird things too, right? It's like when you separate the artist from the art. Exactly. Like Axl Rose, is a, he's a notorious asshole. I'm still going to like <laughs> listen to Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I, I guess for me, it goes back to what we were saying before. People want to latch on to certain like social causes. So right now, it seems like in vogue to trash Bill Cosby. <laughs> it's a, so what? Like, I don't mean that to be dismissive of the people, you know, of like alleged rape victims. But I guess for you know, if it's something you want to like protest and get angry about, it's it's Bill Cosby. He's a seventy-seven-year-old man. I mean, he's. We're gonna read his obituary pretty soon. Not only <laughs> that, this guy is a trillionaire. He's yeah. so rich. He doesn't. It's not. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's probably why he's not saying anything. He doesn't give a shit. Maybe he's an alien. Maybe. Yeah. He built the pyramids. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? His face on the sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking quick to go back about. I was gonna say about ghosts. Right. You're talking about ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ghosts is a little weirder. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. But this was kind of an interesting story. Years ago, I saw the Warrens. They, I think one of them passed away now. But so they're this old, like, senior citizen couple who do ghost hunting stuff. They were, they did the Amityville Horror. Like, they investigated that story. And I think they're probably from Connecticut, or at least from the area. And so they, they're all about, they're all about ghosts and all that shit. And so I went to go see them do a talk in, like, a high school auditorium you know is that really is that really worthy of addressing the youth of today (laughs) ghost hunters (laughs) wasn't just youth it was like at night but they it was at a high school oh the high school just hosted it yeah Uh, yeah that's you know i thought it was like an assembly no yeah yeah. (laughs) right after uh pe they learned about ghosts 
So they were pretty cool, you know, talking, and they had this weird story about, like, a Raggedy Ann, or Raggedy Andy doll that was, like, possessed, and they're showing, like, photographs, though, so you're like, okay, you know, whatever. And then they even played, like, audio of something, or was, like, scary audio. Wait, you went to this assembly? Yeah. This is, like, ten years ago. What compelled you to go? I don't know. My friend heard about it or something. Yeah. We went. I think. Maybe it was at his high school, because maybe we were in high school at the time, or at least, like, right out of it. But I know it was, like, at night, and there was, like, older people there, too. But, yes, yeah, so we heard about it somehow. We go, and so they're talking all, all this shit is basically, like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. And then, again, this is, you know, quite a while ago now, and um, they're, like, in some old elderly couple. So they show a, a video of some, like, cemetery where all this mist starts kind of coming together and then comes up and forms a woman for a brief and then dissipates. And I still remember, like, how spooky it was. And uh, so that's, like, my one what they, I mean, personal experience with the ghost. But, like, I was like, how are these... How are these like eighty year olds, you know, gonna fake this? And um, yeah, and then so I don't know. So that made me somewhat believe in ghosts. And that. It, it was like very, like very much came into. What was the objective of the of the meeting? Was it like were they trying to rally people to get like help us defeat the ghosts? Yeah, maybe that's just how they make money—is just talking about their experiences or something like that. Were they trying? Were they selling the DVD of oh, the ghost shooting no, ghosts so. with BB yeah. guns? <laughs> yeah. It just kind of talk about their experience with the paranormal. I don't. I've I've never revealed this in a public forum. I've I've said this to a few people here and there, but I used to. Uh, I used to see this like image. Um, so when I used to like my my mom used to say go to bed, I couldn't go to bed as a kid. I used to have trouble sleeping because there was this, this glowing man that would stand above me. Obviously, if you're you know seven years old, you. You're apprehensive to share this, <laughs> but throughout my life, I would this glowing individual would just kind of appear. Like it, it, think of it like a digitized, like like a like a crappy like science fiction movie from the mid '90s. It's just like a, that's what it looked like. It was glowing. It didn't have a face or anything. Oh, okay, I was gonna say white guy, Asian guy. Yeah. I think he was bald. If I had to, if you were to have it, like I think, any of the defining characters outside of maybe like Ed Harris. But he was like he was faceless. Yeah. That's the. But if if Ed Harris was looking for work, I would cast him as this <laughs> glowing man. Um, oh, think of it like the Watchmen. You know that blue, that naked blue dude. Yeah. So it was something like that. Like him and Slenderman. Who? Slenderman. Who's that? You don't know Slenderman. What's that in in Watchmen? No. What's that? It's like some weird thing online. It's with the kids are like killing other kids to please Slenderman. Oh no no no! It's like some that. online horror story about a faceless creature. Maybe it's the guy who killed. Wow! Maybe he's got a suit on. He's very skinny and just bald, white head, faceless. Wow! So it's like a thing kids like are really thing. doing. And, yeah, and there's like there's been a few stories coming out of like you know youngish kids, like middle school kids, like killing another kid to please Slenderman. And then what? And then he's pleased. Uh, how do they know they're pleased? <laughs> Huh? How do they know that he's pleased? Does he, is he's releasing videos like, like Saw? Oh no, there's not like it's just like I don't know enough about it. Actually, that's a good point. Like no, there's not like one guy who's like putting out YouTube videos as Slenderman. 
it's just like like an urban myth or something almost, but it's like exists online. Oh. So I guess there's like different stories about. Do you know what? I wonder who. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I'm gonna look into it to see like how when did it start and who started it. Do you know uh, if there's a trend if the kids are East Coast or West Coast? I don't know that. Is it Bloods or Crips? Oh yeah. So all the kids are white. There are no black kids <laughs> yeah. for Slender Man. <laughs> I'm it, assuming they're it's that senor slender. No. Man. <laughs> oh. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, What's the, oh, right. So, so yeah. So this glowing dude and I. Uh, so then I used to sleepwalk as a kid, and um, I thought I was seeing Satan. Mm-hmm. So um, my mom caught me in the kitchen. She's like, you know, you need to go to bed. And I said. What are you doing? She said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "Satan told me to come here." Oh. Probably wasn't the most appropriate thing to say. So my mom freaked the fuck yeah. out. So she was like throwing water in my face. She was like slapping me, and uh, yeah, she, she wouldn't let me forget that for a while. She's wow. like, and, uh, and I was like, "No, I'm fine." Imagine being a parent, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, "No, nah, I'm fine." Like I was kidding. I was joking. I just went to go get some milk. Um, but yeah, and then I, it was kind of controlled for a while. And then as recent as like, God, I want to say like maybe five years ago. So this is pretty recent. So five years ago, I was visiting uh, a friend and the glowing man would appear right over his shoulder. What? And so like you, like you and I are talking and he'd appear right over there. Really? And I'm just what like... What day was it? It was at night. At night. And it was in his apartment. Yeah. And we were just kind of talking. Just the two of you. Right. And he just went and the guy was like... Bloop. The and same guy. He was purple now. Same glow. Oh. So it was like... What like, did he used to be? Yellow. Okay. Like like electricity. Yeah. Yellow. Now he's like purple. So it was like... Uh, like remix. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> yeah. then he left. And then I got quiet. And then I just... So then I told... I had to tell him the whole... Th- like what Basically everything I just said. How long was he there? Uh... I, not too long. Maybe... Maybe... It was like... wasn't like in the middle... Maybe like right, you know, like early evening, you know. I wasn't. No, there. I was, saying, was it like a flash we saw? Oh, was he there? Uh, yeah, he was. He was there for maybe twenty seconds, and he That's was just long. standing there. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm an adult now, and I know that this can't be. You know, I was just like I, I part disbelief, but look, this I'm looking at it. So then he left, and I kind of told him the whole thing, and he's like, "Just so you know." Mm. Uh, all that shit I just said. Okay, so that dude was right over you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so that's the last time I told him. And he was so he was like, uh, so well, what should we do? I said, well, I don't know. You shouldn't really do anything. I mean, I this is probably my hang up. I'm just yeah. letting you know that that he was here. When was the the previous time? Was when you were a very young kid before that? Yeah, like, yeah. So it, I hadn't seen him popping up too much. No, I hadn't seen him since I was a. Maybe, I guess, maybe, uh, like, middle schoolish, like, around that, at, at the latest. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I didn't see him all wow. until maybe five, like, five years, like, five or six years ago. I was hanging out with my friend in Queens, mm-hmm. and he was just like, bloop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then I just said, look, man, I should just, I probably should tell you something since, uh, <laughs> a little cool. FYI. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never really analyzed it. I never, maybe if I did like some peyote, I could really find out what's going on. Yeah. I just, but when I was a kid, I really, I thought it was Satan. So that, that terrified me. I thought, uh. You weren't too scared seeing him? I was, no, I was petrified. Yeah, okay, that'd be weird. Well, I've never it, like seen. 
It was the thought of him, the thought of him that kept me up that he would come yeah. because when he oh, so it was the anticipation. Yeah, so that that was that's what made me not like lose sleep as a kid, and uh, you know I would just you know in school I would just be so tired because I wouldn't go you know I I wouldn't be sleeping at night. Yeah. I had these dark circles under my eyes. <laughs> So when he appeared, I it was more I guess more of a relief because okay let, you're here okay yeah. thank you and I get the fuck out yeah but his the anticipation I think it was more frightening than anything. That's interesting. The um, you know just coming to terms with it, like acknowledging that you did see it and maybe it's real, maybe it's not. I'm like um, I used to read a lot of Philip K. Dick. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the listeners, if you don't know. <laughs> He was a really prolific author of like science fiction stuff. What's your like, favorite one? Um, I can't even remember the name of it right now. It was near the end of his life. He wrote like a trilogy that was like semi autobiographical. Porky's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember his character name was like Horse Lover Fat. And that means horse <laughs> yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now. I remember I read Ubik. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Man in the High Towers. I haven't read that one. Yeah, that's my favorite. favorite. So yeah, he wrote his movie. His books went on to like you know, inf- uh, inspire a lot of movies. Blade Runner, Total Recall, and a few others probably. But so I'm like, I, I haven't read him in years. I'm like now I've never read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, but that one's the inspiration for Blade Runner. So I'm reading that. And just it's that is, it, is that a short story or is no, that like it's a, a full book? Huh? I mean, it's, you know, not a huge book, but and yeah, he uh, delivered a speech which I want to reread. I haven't read it in years, but I was just thinking about it called um, How to Build a Universe That Doesn't Fall Apart Two Days Later. And in that talk, he like acknowledges that he's had many kind of hallucinatory experiences, you know, totally sober of like being of that where like in some weird hologram world controlled by like the Romans and it's still actually like, you know, um, ancient times and all this shit. But and that's what he talks about is like, I might be crazy, but I am seeing this stuff sometimes and so it's interesting to me people who can you know see things and hallucinate a little bit but are still completely sane about it and can acknowledge that this thing has happened yeah I've never seen anything well then I've never seen anything (laughs) 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 but have you I'm sure you've seen somebody shit in public right oh yeah yeah so that's 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 I can actually say seeing both, that's probably more frightening. <laughs> um, well, before we, uh, before we close, before we kind of wrap this up, uh, believe it or not, it's almost, it's almost been two hours. Wow. Um, one thing that I want to get back to in terms of what kind of we, we started off with in terms of meditation, in terms of kind of being centered, and one thing that uh, um, yeah, I've known Mike for, for a while now, um, surprisingly, going on like years, plural, which is great. I mean, I'm... I'm like I said on the top of the show, I'm very, very honored to to have Mike on the show, and I'm very honored to be his friend in, in real life, not just podcast yeah. life. Uh, um, you know, whatever, you know, where I I do something and I think it's funny, I always say to myself, "Oh, well, Mike think this is funny," <laughs> and you may or may not, and I'll still do it. So I guess in a, in some ways, you're kind of my humor compass. You're definitely not my moral compass, uh, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it's good to have you. It's good to have you in my life. It's it's good to have your your voice, um, you know, in in, uh, in my thoughts when I try to be funny. Um, but but getting back to the meditation aspect, uh, you know, one thing that I think has that I've changed, and you know, I think is uh, you know since we since we initially met is uh, just kind of being more 
being more mindful, being mindfulness and, and meditation has helped me with that. And um, I don't want to say spirituality because I don't know if that if you can even pinpoint it to that, but just uh, I feel like everybody has a, a, an option in terms of your attitude. You can be positive or you can dwell on things that are negative. And one thing that I've always admired about you is that you don't dwell on negative things and you just kind of, if it's something that you don't want to deal with and something that's kind of bullshit and you kind of move on and evolve. And I've taken note of that and something that I try to do as well. Um, I always try to aspire to, um, to be positive, especially especially in recent times, you know, I, I feel like my direction and my energy now um, is, is happiness is, is my priority. And as, as an artist and a storyteller um, and an entertainer, that, that's made the world difference for me. That's really changed, you know, my output. Um, so, yeah, so I just want to say, and I'm, you know, thank you for, for influencing me on that. Wow, that's great. Thank it's all bullshit. So it's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to talking about shit. <laughs> so yeah, so um, thank you so much. Those are very nice words. I feel like I have to kiss your ass back, but then that just feels forced. So I'll just say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you? I mean, I, I guess without 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 you know digging too deep or anything like that. Um, how do how do you, What's that term? You're like a like a duck. Things roll off your back, or what's that term? Yeah, I guess that's it, pretty much. Yeah. So how do you do that? I mean, I know how I've I've learned to kind of deal with things and just kind of keep a positive attitude. But I mean, how do you for for your own in in your own kind of way? How do you? What's your uh, what's your system? Hmm. That's a deep one. I I hate to say I don't know. If you don't, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's... Like you said, I mean, it sounds so simple to say, like, you have a choice, you know, and this is all these, like, new agey things of, like, you can choose to be happy or this, but it is kind of that. It's just taking control of your own. Mind, it, but not. It, but also, that sounds too like I don't take control of anything. I don't like that. I don't like the way that even sounds. It's just kind of being open and just moving forward. Um, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, I think control is just kind of an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think people. And I think you know one thing that I've learned uh, is that. You know, people get really angry and get pissed off and just kind of just this energy of just being hateful is they're under, they're under that illusion yeah. that they, they have some control. Yeah. And you don't. Yeah. And I think people who are happier with life kind of embrace the idea of, uh, of the duck. You know, just, hey, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can and I'm going to try to make myself happy and honor my life and, yeah, and see... And you definitely, I know I have, I notice the difference in energy in the people that, that exercise either one or the other. Yeah. And really feeling things, you know, deeply. I really, I believe just in, in evolving, you know, just constantly reading and staying sharp 
and trying to always learn more, being curious. <laughs> we should have really a bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I really love like a lot of dark things. I listen to you kind of like extreme metal and stuff like this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing, yeah, one thing. Um, I guess that's a good segue. One thing that uh, I I failed to to get into is it's kind of a like for for me. I've always been. It's always been. Uh, so it's been a unique thing for me how uh, your your musical taste is just it is so dark and so off the grid I mean how did you was there ever a time that you were into like I don't know Debbie Gibson <laughs> and that's the thing is I do like tons of music I do enjoy you know um, you'll get into the Billy Joel mosh pit yeah yeah we're not so much Billy Joel but um, yeah I like really mellow stuff and anything but I guess what I was trying to get by saying, like the metals, yes, I, I I enjoy feeling those emotions. I do have you know like very dark, depressive things, but it's just like um, you know what's the alternative? I guess basically it's like you know you digging a hole and bringing everybody down there. Yeah. You, I mean I think that's yeah. It's sad. So. And then yeah, and then that's sad, and that's like that is I don't like existing in that dark place forever, and it's you know world is such a magical place and you're alive and you, you have this unique you know moment um, of actually being in existence as opposed to the non-existent which you know we all were that before we were born and you go back to that at some point so right, while you're right. here you should try to remain just open to whatever happens and kind of you know you have to be to go back to the masculine thing not you know, I guess it's a feminine thing too, but to me, a masculine thing is to be like, you know, like out there and, and have plans and know, you know. Why would you just take a whiff? <laughs> were, you, were you whiffing the masculine? Did I, yeah, did I whiff? <laughs> I don't know. When I start thinking about two deep things, I guess I ramble a little bit, but it's like, um, yeah, it's just simply a matter of getting bogged down in things and realizing that you're at once, you know, the center of the universe and where everything is happening for you is coming through you. And at the same time, you're also a minuscule part of some enormous thing. So you're at once the most important thing and one of the least important things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simultaneously, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, would you... Would you have any tips or suggestions of somebody that would would want to start to meditate but have never have yeah. never done it? Pretty much Did you say you you've tried you've tried yoga too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I, I I think I'm a hypocrite in the sense that I've always I've always been uh, um, I've always said that you know I want to try that I want to try that I want to try that, but I guess I'm admittedly apprehensive to do it in a class yeah. with like just half naked dudes around me <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I I know that I yeah I, that's very hypocritical of me and I just need to take the plunge and just and just kind of do it I've um, been I've, I've just recently been doing yoga again recently just recently and um, it's so weird I'm like the only person who shows up in class so it turns into like a personal really wow yeah it's a little that, awkward honestly I did like a real trippy thing sound healing sound recently. healing yeah yeah she was like she put like uh, bowls on like your chest and like bang it and you feel the vibration wow yeah it was a little that's part of the yeah part of yeah the... she's like playing a singing bowl so it makes this weird sound and it's, it's very cool 
But so, I mean, that was in, like... Was it before or after the... After the... We did, like, some yoga stuff and we got into that. So it's so funny to be doing it, you know, in the East Village in New York. You're on the third floor of this building, which is a very nice little sanctuary, but, you know, I'm getting this meditative state. It is very nice. And at the same time, part of me, I'm not totally in that world, so there's a little part of me that's like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. And there's also part that's trying to get into it and, you know, find that space. And then there's also the part of me that hears, like, some guy out on the street be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> some dude yelling about some stupid shit and... Yeah, but um, a tip for somebody meditates, pretty much what I said before, uh, I was telling this to somebody a, a while ago, literally just, I think it's good to have a, an alarm to set, you know, because otherwise you're constantly checking, like, how long has it been? So you set, like, your phone alarm for 15 or 20 minutes, set that, and then literally just, and just sit, and that's it. And just, if you think, that's okay. If you open your eyes, that's okay. If you're kind of wandering but just for 15 to 20 minutes just sit and don't do anything else you know try to have a good posture and maybe focus on your breath but other, that's should they it. should they sit on a, a chair or the floor you could yeah whatever like pile of garbage yeah <laughs> stack of porn yeah. <laughs> that might be distracting but try to just be as just no distractions I think is a big is a big thing about meditation yeah we fit we fill our our lives with so many willing distractions yeah I thought about myself that's partly why I really want to get out and do comedy again more I've just been in the zone of like consuming so much because you know just your whole life is consuming even just media and just everything coming in at you and you're taking it in and I want to try to get back into producing and putting stuff out yeah for me one thing that I've kind of stepped away uh, you know just I've been inundated so much. I mean, I think we both have been inundated with so many um, uh, insincere uh, people who uh, operate under the guise of being artists and just <laughs> really good at self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, a, um, a mark against them. But I don't. I mean, when we talk about energy, that's that's not that's not it's never been something I've been comfortable with. Same. Of like. I'm doing this, you know. I know it's part of that's a that's a necessity, but I mean, one of the things that I do, you know, and admittedly, what I started doing my stand up, I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid, you know. I was afraid that like, oh, they're gonna come. Well, a couple of things because they were gonna come, they're gonna sit through a bunch of mediocre acts, and then they're gonna see me. They're gonna pay a cover, and they're gonna pay drinks, and uh, and what if I suck? And then I started doing it, and then I just felt like, you know what, this is fun. Yeah. You know, one of the funnest shows I had did was in Philadelphia, where I did actually I absolutely didn't even know anybody, and it was a great show. And yeah, it would have been nice to, you know, to have that success and have it with friends, but it's different, and you just need to accept that, and it's different. And the fact that you're just making people laugh, uh, it's just take that, just take it. And just accept that, and you know, you can do something else. You can have the, you can work at Caroline's if you want with your friends and with agents, if that's what you want. And I think maybe we both have been in rooms where those comedians want to do that. You know, I've been in rooms where guys, they clearly have, or girls have clearly have stars in their eyes, and you know, they want their own show. I don't. I do, I, mean, I do it for now I do it because it's really fun for me um, maybe one day it won't be but for now it's 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 fun it's like something I've you know it's 
you're just on a high wire out there and you don't have to worry about anything else you know I think you know we both have done things that are very collaborative with a group of people which is great but in itself it's very logistically challenging whereas Hey man, you book me. I'm just gonna go on there. I can fart. This I can just. So nice. I can yeah. puke. <laughs> yeah. Remember this one comedian? He. Uh, Gg Allen. It. <laughs> <laughs> there was one comedian. He he uh, he was so drunk. He was apologizing because he on just, stage. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then so it became like this weird AA thing where like oh. he was like oh, I just oh, I drink too much. Bottom. Yeah, you could tell he was like a uh, maybe it was like his first time doing it because you could tell he just came from work. He just he had like a suit. He got too drunk. He was yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was he was like an older guy. You could t- and he had like a cheap suit on from like Joseph A. Bank. It didn't <laughs> fit well. And then you could t- yeah he was just I mean he he seemed like he was all right. He was definitely he, he was definitely red faced. But he came on and he could t- he was a little shaky. But then he just went downhill fast. And he was mm-hmm. just like I'm sorry guys. I just uh, I think it was just memory. He just couldn't remember like what he was trying to say. And if he just let go and just had fun, like I'm fucking drunk, who else yeah. is who else wants to yeah, get drunk? No, something like that. Hell, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know what's gonna happen to him, but yeah, then I've seen other people who are like very ambitious and you know they uh, um, they want to talk, you know they they've wanted to talk to me because of certain certain places that I may have connections with I'm like yeah. I'm not that I'm not that guy I'm, you'll get no connections from me uh, uh, I can tell you how to get to Port Authority from here and that's it uh, but I, that's that's uh, in a long way I guess what I'm trying to say is that's where my direction is it's um, you know, I've met so many people in life that they, they're on this journey and they're looking at the destination and like what it doesn't have to be professional it could be anything right um, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to have kids. That's that's my goal. I'm gonna have this big house. And they're mis- They they have outlined that they are miserable. I have a friend that moved to Atlanta, so he could get a better job, so he could get a a wife, so Everything he could have a kid. There. Right. Well, he had an opportunity there, but the idea was that so he could be more attractive to 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 net a wife to have a family. And like, but <laughs> I mean, but he's. It'd be, and that's fine, but he has said that he hates he hates living down there. He's oh, absolutely yeah. miserable. And I'm like, well, if you're miserable, then what's the point? Yeah. And I always say that to myself, like, can you justify anything? You know, you, you can't be miserable, right? On a day to day basis, you can't wake up and just want to just vomit and go back to bed. Imagine vomiting, go back to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is terrible. Like, how can you live for too long? Yeah, look, I guess. Look, if you have kids and then you're you know, you're, you have to pay alimony or child support or whatever. That's different, right? Yeah. Or you, you beat up your wife and you have kids and you have to pay for that. Okay, that's Yeah, different. you should uh, be miserable. Yeah, you should be miserable. <laughs> but I get, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, some people think you go to heaven. Some people think, like Nina was on the show and she said, we're just a battery and then our time's up. Well, whatever you may think and whatever you believe, then, you know, not to sound new agey or spiritual or hokey or anything, but every day it's we get one closer one day closer to to death mm. and and I'm guilty of this too like why don't we I'm not saying lay back and like eat pizza and Doritos all day <laughs> just crunch up Doritos <laughs> on your pizza although that's nice I guess you know live your life as you know try to be fulfilled and just you know try to be happy you know mm-hmm. that's I, I can because I guess to make a long story longer I never I never factor that in into my ambition 
uh, was my own personal happiness. And that's something that I have corrected is yeah. that I am happier. I'm happier now than I've ever been. That's great. See, I'm, the, I'm trying to have ambition. I think You don't need it. I'm just saying is that if you're, I mean, if ambition comes at a cost of your happiness, then I question, and what's the point? Because you're feeling it, right? We, we go back to that, that illusion of control. Because I'm ambitious, I want you know I want my own sitcom because I'm gonna because I'm gonna achieve this. Yeah. I'm gonna be in control. Uh, maybe, hopefully, or maybe, maybe if you peel that back, well, what do you really want? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's always interesting. Is like, is it because you have something to say that you really want to get there, or is it just an ego thing? Like, maybe. Oh, yeah, God. I think it's both. I know for me, I can honestly say it was both. Like yeah. the the you know the the fame that I wanted through my artistic achievement, it probably was ego driven. You know. Now I just want that pizza with the like, <laughs> Doritos crunched up. Uh, uh, well, Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you. I think it's so great that you're doing this, and yeah, I've always respected your like constant artistic, you know, striving, and I love that you're doing podcasts. So cool. Thanks, and, man. Yeah, you've always inspired me. Mike was actually uh, in the initial pilot, which I will I'll release one day as a special bonus. But yeah. it was uh, t- twenty minutes of nonsense, <laughs> as opposed to two hours. Of nonsense. Um, you can uh, you can follow me at Twitter at VandalVT33. You can go to the, go to the website uh, Curious World, uh, the Curious World Curious World podcast, uh, which is VandalTrong.com. Uh, thank you, everybody. Um, it's been a wonderful 2014. Uh, Mike, any, anything, any holiday wishes you want to send out there? Um, yeah, thank you for whoever listened. Thank you so much. And I'm curious for 2015. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Go out and do good in the world. Peace. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, that was actually recorded back um, in December. Uh, it's now April 2015. Uh, and since, since uh, we recorded that, Mike and I have, in fact, uh, meditated together. Um, and we're actually working on uh, possibly doing a, um, a comedy show together. Uh, it's been in the works. We, I, hopefully our schedules will align, and in the, in the near future, we'll put that together and uh, give you information on that. Uh, anyway, like I said, thanks for listening. Uh, this one is especially dear to me, um, one of my personal favorites. Um, Thanks, Mike, and thank you to you for listening. Um, Go out and do good in the world.